Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Take advantage of Johnson & Johnson's Winter Wellness Event and get rewarded. It pays to be prepared for the season. Get sweet deals from Johnson & Johnson's Winter Wellness Event now through December 3rd. If you purchase $15 or $25 of participating products at BJ's, you can get a $5 or $10 reward. Plus, you can even enter to win a Visa Rewards card. Purchase at BJ's, upload your receipt, and choose your reward. It pays to be prepared at BJ's. been a while since we did our last crossing of streams my name is rob and today i am not crippled cody as you can see i am the real covid cody i uh i did watch that piece of shit special that you guys did pure shit uh except for the guest appearance of one aaron poe aaron i love you yeah but, uh, yeah there was a motherfucker that was impersonating me thought it was funny uh, I would also like to point out that if you check the video again, somewhere around the 12-minute mark, that motherfucker gets so hyped up that a stop ball comes out of his nose. <laughs> I would never allow something like that to happen to me. But, uh, yeah, I figured I would uh, uh, just call myself the real COVID Cody. And uh, because, you know, it's a little run-in joke with that episode that I wasn't invited to. And, uh, yeah little background real quick. I was sick at the beginning of the year. I'm, I'm much better now. I did have COVID. Um, I successfully battled it, barely. Um, I may have pooped my pants once or twice, but that's neither here nor there. We live in a judgment-free zone here at Rabbit and Red Radio, so who cares? Rob, when's the last time you pooped your pants? Um, a couple days ago. 
Really? Are you wait? Are you serious? Uh, well, actually, it wasn't more. It was more diarrhea. But diarrhea of the pants. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. about a year ago. What was that? Was that he? Was he saying for himself about a year ago? I believe so. Mike, confirm, producer Mike. Yes, I I was saying about a year ago for myself because what happened was, I I took um, magnesium because I heard magnesium is good for your joints and shit like that. So I took uh, about uh, two 500 milligram tablets of magnesium. And I thought that, you know, that was, I'm like, wow, I'm really going to do something good for my joints. And then I'm fucking sitting there and I, all of a sudden I feel like a shit coming on and I'm like, gotta, gotta, gotta get up, gotta get up. And as I'm like scrambling, trying to run to the bathroom, I end up literally shitting my pants. Wow. Wow. I'm proud of you for like, sharing. Nice liquid shit all over my pants. Wow. See, see me, it was different. Me, uh, I actually was more backed up, and uh, I just decided to drink a shit ton of water. Mm. And well, in the middle of the night, I'm uh, yeah. I get w- woken up by. Uh, by my bowels moving a lot, and uh, but before I could get to the bathroom, right down the right down the pant line. Yeah, yeah it so. happens sometimes. It, it yeah yeah, Amy, you're right. It definitely does. By the way, Amy, thank you so much for sharing our uh, our link. Well, Mike said that we're the uh, Terror Eighty One. My promotion company <laughs> is now the official promoting company. Terror Eighty One is now Red Radio. Yes, because I don't want to do this promotion myself, so let these fuckers. Yes. Wait, producer Mike, put that snot ball uh, comment back up. <laughs> I want to read that again. I'm here for the snot ball, Skinner Ramon. That's nice. <laughs> hey, hey, Matt. That's uh, one of the uh, guys in the horror community, Matt Skinner. That's one of your buddies. All right, cool. Thank you for joining us, Matt. Um. So real quick, I'll just skim past this real quick. Um, I had COVID, but I also had food poisoning the week before I caught COVID. So, and you got to imagine me being uh, disabled and not being able to jump right on the toilet as quickly and easy as everyone else can. When you're sick like that, sometimes you just can't hold it. So yeah. that's the end of that story. But anyway, thank you well, all for finally enjoy, uh, uh, joining us for a normal edition of uh Crossing the streams with Rob and Cody. As you all know, that's Rob. I'm Cody. And today we are discussing the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, every one of them. Um, we're going to try to make this a little bit shorter than our Halloween special. <laughs> I think that, went on, that went on for about a day and a half. We're going to try to. Pretty much. It. Yeah, pretty much it did. Yeah, we're going to try to shorten this one down to just half a night. Um, so, yeah. Rob, is there any other little notes or anything you want to cover real quick before we jump into the nightmare movies? Uh, no, I'm I'm pretty well versed. Oh, I, I do want to do one thing though. Okay. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Okay, that's all I want to do. You know, since we had that first topic of pooping our pants, can we just say one, two, the poopies is coming out of you? <laughs> Three, four, gonna shit on the floor. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, so we're gonna cover the nightmare movies, and then at the end of tonight's episode, before we log off, I actually have a special guest with me here at my house. If anybody watches Tales from the Crypts, we had a guest a while back 
Uh, his name's Brandon. We call him Bad Boy B because that's his little gimmick. Um, he's at my house. He's out there watching TV, probably watching gay porn for all I know. But uh, he's on going to be on the show tonight. He's going to come on, sit down where I'm sitting, and uh, I think he's got a couple of things to promote. So we're gonna that's going to come at you at the end of this episode before we log off. Anyway. I believe we also have um, producer what? Mike is going to join us for – the remake per version of Nightmare on Elm Street. So. Yes, as you all will come to find out here, but hopefully before the end of the night, is uh, me and producer Mike slightly disagree on uh, one of the installments. So we're going to get into it at that point. Um, that, that should be fun. By the way, speaking of producer Mike, why is he putting up all these random stupid-ass images on the, on the screen? Uh, <laughs> it's um... Shit-flavored M&Ms, bitch. It's from it melts it's from, in your it, mouth, it, it, slides out your ass. Okay. Yeah, my pants. It, it it was from the Rabbit and Red episode. Okay, I guess I got my answer. Yeah, I got. Right. I, I filled I filled in for a normal Cody this week on Rabbit and Red. So. Oh, okay, cool. What was he doing? Uh, he was taking his kid to ba- baseball game, so he couldn't make the uh, appearance, and we already had a guest lineup. So. Cool. Uh, okay. So Aaron reached out to me to fill in his spot. All right, awesome. All right, well, let's get into it then. We're talking about nightmare movies, so let's start off with the very first one, the Wes Craven original. Yes. You know, what What else, what can we say about it that hasn't been said years after years and podcast after podcast, interview after interview? It's a well-made movie, and it holds up even to this day. Um, it, changed, no- it changed the face of horror, really, what it did. Yeah. Now, either you or producer Mike will have to uh, correct me on this, but if I thought I heard this correctly, I thought that around the time that it came out, which was 84, I believe, right? Yep. Wasn't, um, wasn't things starting to fall off just a bit with slasher movies, uh, like financially speaking, I mean? or Yeah, I mean, in, in the uh, early 80s, it was going strong, but by 82, 83, it was starting to kind of, be all the same thing all over again. Just yeah, kids out, kids out in the woods getting slashed by a murderer. It's so. I, I Wes Craven. Wes Craven comes along and has this yeah. ingenious idea that was something he read in an article. I I do think that the Freddy Krueger concept and the whole getting killed in your dreams, nightmares, and all that the whole concept. I do think it was fresh. I mean. Before that, you just had regular slashers, like, you know, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees and whatever that guy's name was from My Bloody Valentine and Toolbox Murder. You know, just all this stuff that had its own storyline, but at the end of the day, it felt like it was all the same. Um, and I would argue that Nightmare on Elm Street is completely fresh, at least from back then. Yeah. Um, you know, so... You know, uh, the, the in the lineup of cast that we had on the, the original movie, Heather Lyonkamp, Johnny Depp, uh, it was his first movie, I believe. Yes, it was. Uh, Robert England, a young Robert England doing the Fred. And that's, you know, could you imagine if Robert England wasn't as young as he was when he started playing Freddy? Like, he couldn't have done all. Like, what did he do? Seven, eight movies? He did eight movies, right? Eight movies, yeah. Eight movies, and he did the Freddy's Nightmares, um, all the, 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 you know, the intros and outros, like the Crypt Keeper that he was in that show. And then he ha- even had a few episodes where he was actually a part of the episodes. 
Um, yeah. And real quick, while we're talking about that, uh, what's his name? Toby Hooper? Or yeah. Toby Hooper? Yeah. Um, he directed, I believe, the pilot episode for Freddy's Nightmares, and that was all about – that was the prequel before he became Freddy, before uh, Fred Krueger became Freddy. It showed yeah. the trial and everything. Did you ever see that episode? Uh, I probably did, but it's been so long that I, I really can't recollect uh, one episode from another. But I remember how popular that series was for a while. It wasn't terrible. Uh, no, it wasn't. Years ago, if anyone remembers a TV network called Chiller, Chiller used to uh, re-air the, the, night, uh, the Freddy's Nightmares episodes every so often. And they also aired the Friday the 13th, the series episodes as well. Um, but anyway... We're talking about the very first movie. This movie does have some scary stuff in it. Like, I don't care if it's from 84. Like, it still has stuff in it that if you showed someone today that wasn't really a horror fan or never seen those movies or whatever, like, it might make them jump a couple of times. I mean, the scene where Tina gets torn up in the bedroom, that's terrifying. And I can imagine what audiences was feeling when they saw it. Because, like... What other special effect? And, and again, slasher films up to that point, it was just a quick, like, you know, swing of the axe or, or, you know, slice of the knife or anything like that. And it's over in two seconds. But how long did that fucking scene last? A minute and a half, maybe? Maybe a little bit less? It was a, it was pretty long for, for its it was, time. It was intense. And I believe I seen, like, a featurette, and I think that they did a – I think they built, like, a set – that was would rotate and i think that's how they did it that's how she was on the ceilings and the walls and they just had everything nailed down i believe you know the, like, yeah. the lamp and all that that's pretty good like you know for a movie like that that was just fucking great um yeah but even the scene before that she gets killed when uh freddie lowers her down by keep repeating her name and she comes outside and she sees him for the first time that that frightened the shit out of me Mm-hmm. I mean, if you talk about everybody calls Michael Myers the boogeyman, but to me, the real boogeyman was the original Fred Krueger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the boogeyman right there. Yeah. But anyway, um, I had, if I had to choose one scene from the original that you know frightened me when I was younger, it was actually a, the scene where Nancy falls asleep in the classroom and then she sees a bloody Tina and and uh you know, in the bag or whatever. Isn't that, isn't yes. that what happened in the original? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that frightened me a bit. So, um, yeah. So I, yeah. When he goes, this is God. Oh yeah. Okay. I, yeah, that yeah. Me. I was like, what? But yes, yeah. I, that's, that's a good scene. Um, yeah. and you know, in the, in the original, he did have some one liners in the original. It was just, he was a little bit more straightforward, scary in the original. Yeah, there was no uh, comic that we hear we find out later, but this was straight on scare. And yeah, there was one-liners, but he delivered them so eerie that they kind of live with you. Yeah, and uh, you know we'll cover this a little bit more later on as we get into the sequels. But uh, I like in the shadows, barely able to see him, Freddy. Look, you know what I mean. They only yeah. did it one and two. One and two was the only ones that the original franchise where he was kind of more so in the shadows. You could see him, 
but you could barely see him. And if you think about it, it makes sense for the purpose of a nightmare because sometimes you can't always put it together in your mind what you saw from your nightmare. So yes. I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but um, if they were, the concept of keeping him in the shadows, but you could still kind of sort of see. I love that. That that was great. That's they should have kept on with that for a while. Um, but anyway, they did it one and two, and then of course three start starts out with the Freddy that we all you know know today. Um, the, I will say a couple of negatives about this movie. The pacing is a little bit weird to me, just a little bit. Um, some of the acting and some of the dialogue is a little weird. <laughs> you know, it's a little outdated. Um, <laughs> that, part, that part where uh, Rod uh, grabs Nancy by the mouth. Why do you do that? Like, don't grab her by the mouth like that. I mean, I know she's probably going to scream, but still. And he, she goes, she says like, well, did you do it? Did you kill him? And he goes, don't look at me like with some sort of fruitcake. I'm warning you. And it's like, what would you say that for if you're trying to convince her that you're not violent and that you didn't kill your girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe his name was Yus Garcia, who played Rod Lang. And I remember years later, he had, he actually convinced, uh, he actually confessed that he was not sober that whole uh, set. He was either stoned or drunk. Really? Yes, he confessed that. Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, but that, if you watch the movie, you can't really even tell. Like, there's no parts that you could like glassy eyes or anything, or like there's no slurring of words. But yeah, that was but if, he, if he confessed it, then I, I mean, you gotta you gotta believe it. That yeah, that was, kind of, that was kind of just his character. So wow, yeah. that's interesting that I never knew that. Yeah. Um. Another negative is uh, the ending when she suppose uh, when she supposedly pulls Freddy out of the nightmare and then they go through that little home alone sequence Did home alone. What year did home alone come out? Was it later on 87? I believe. Okay. So then you can't sit there and say that it copied home alone then I guess, but looking at it now that ending where he's like running into the, the home alone was 1990. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they wasn't copying it, but like just that quick ending when he this you know he's like getting fucked up by her at the end like that just it kind of felt silly a little bit but that's just me um yeah. and then the only other negative that i have is the very ending when he yep i was just going to say that the very ending they should have not even they should have shot that differently or what like i don't know that was just one of those things that like man come on i'm going to say something about that ending yeah. That ending almost destroyed the movie because the whole movie is real serious through the whole thing. And then we have this cartoonish ending with uh, the car and Freddy in, in Freddy colors. And and then the mom gets dragged through the top part of the window. It's, it's, it's way too cartoonish ending. Have you ever seen any of the alternate endings? No, I actually not, have not. Well, there's a couple of different alternate endings, but one of I them. I remember Wes talking about alternative endings. I just never seen them. One of the alternate endings uh, showed it, it, instead of her mom getting pulled through the door, the the hood of the car comes down with the Freddy colors, and then they <clears> show <throat> her mom, which she's just waving like, "Oh, bye, honey. Have a good day at school." But then. They look back in the car, and Freddy's in the car driving them. And he's laughing, and then it just drives off, and then the movie ends. 
That would have been that should have been the ending that they chose for the theatrical. Well, yeah, because that that would have made more sense to the beginning of part two with the bus scene. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So that's a great segue. Are we done? Did we have we said anything? Everything we wanted to say about part one? I mean, besides uh, um, the the co-cast, I liked. I liked uh, the parents, uh, John John Saxon, John Saxon, and uh, Ronnie Blakely. I thought they were. Uh, real strong to have uh, two two actors with such uh, presence because uh, you know you have a whole bunch of kids. You got to have some uh, like adult actors who know what they're doing to kind of carry these kids through the movie. Yeah. And I, I'm a big fan of John Saxon, so yeah. Um, but John besides Saxon. that, I'm 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 good with the rest of one. Yeah. Um, before I move on to part two, I just want to say if there. And and producer Mike, he can bring his stupid ass in and try to dispute this real quick if he wants. But if there is one thing that the remake did better than the original, it's that goddamn ending, how her mother dies. We'll get more on that later on, though. Apparently, producer Mike's jerking off and doesn't want to come in and dispute that real quick. He's uh, jerking off. He's jerking off to the one, two, three. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, part two. A lot of people, a lot of people don't like this movie, but I think over wait, the wait, 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 what did you want? What did you want me to? Have? You were saying about the the ending, the ending of the remake the compared died? to the ending of the original. Oh, oh no, no the ending of the remake, the ending of the remake still sucked. No, shut the fuck. I'm only talking about the way the mother dies. In the original or the remake? I, it's it's the only th- the the way the mother dies in the remake is better than the original. No, it's- get out of here. Fuck off. Go wipe your mama's ass. Anyway, so part two. Um, a lot of like I said, a lot of people don't like part two. I like part two. Gay sequel. Very enjoyable. Anything else? No. Okay. Remember, this is our show, not not Mike. It's not the Mike show. Anyway, um, I think this movie has, uh, it, 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 out of all the early sequels, I would, in the early sequels, I would say maybe one through three or maybe one through four. Um, I think part two holds up a lot, but that's because the gay community in the last 10, 15, 20 years has risen up and, you know, they've jumped off the proverbial cock that they were sitting on and they, they've rised up and, and, all that shit, whatever. Um, well, part- because of scream, because of scheme, scream king Mark Patton. That's why. Yeah, and and by the way, um, he made a documentary. I think it's called Scream Queen. Have you seen yep. that? I've I've seen parts of it, and uh, you know, like you, I, I when I saw part two for the first time, I, I guess I didn't enjoy it quite as much as I did later on. And I, I agree with you. It does hold up, uh, and it's very a very strong movie. Well, maybe I said it wrong because I never had a problem with part two when I was. No, I'm kid. just I'm just saying I did in the beginning. I was I just oh. kind of didn't get a lot of the stuff. I was I was still young. Uh, uh, this came out in '85, I believe. So I was like 14. So I didn't get a lot of the 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 puns that uh, yeah. I, I ended up really realizing later on. I have no problem with them. It's yeah, I don't I think, care. It, I think it's a, I think it's a great movie. I do too. Um, let's start off with that awesome beginning. Like 
the beginning of Nightmare 2, Freddy's Revenge, that's a fucking awesome opening. And that him. is that is a scary opening, too. Yeah. Yeah, with Freddy then, driving like a maniac, and then they're stuck on the the open, what is it, like a, like a Grand Canyon type setting. Yeah. And, and you're, you're forced to choose whether you want to get closer to Freddy to balance the bus or get away from Freddy and uneven the bus. It's yeah. That's such a scary scenario. Yeah. And um, I think that was Amy that just said that. I also like the soundtrack to part two. It's so, it's different than all the others. And it has its own part two in general has its own aura about it, you know, for better or for worse. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, out of all the Freddy movies, the opening to part two is, is the fucking best in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like the cast of this movie. I, I mean, not just, not just the kids, but let's be honest, the, 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 the parents of Jesse, they're awesome. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. not toxic parents. They're not, they're strict and stern. And my favorite, um, my favorite dialogue moment in the, uh, in part two is when, the father almost falls off the ladder and he goes, what well, that boy needs is a good goddamn kick in the butt. Good goddamn kick in the <laughs> yeah, butt. Good old Clue Gallagher. Oh, I, I loved it. Like, it, that, it's great. I The whole cast in the movie is is great, I think. Um, the uh, Jesse's girlfriend, what was, I forgot what her name was in the movie, but she was great. Even though she wasn't the the, the star of the film, it was Jesse, Mark yeah. Patton's character. Um, Lisa, played by Lisa. Kim Myers, was the girlfriend. Kim Myers? Yeah. yeah that's what he said. No, the name, the character's name is Lisa, and she was played by Kim Myers. Okay, got it. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, Lisa was great. And I, I thought she was kind of good-looking in the movie, too. Like, yes. Like, later on, when they did that almost sex scene, and that huge Freddy tongue came out of his Jesse's mouth. Like if he would have just stuck that up her puss, like she would have been like, ah! <laughs> you know, like an end of movie right there. Perfect ending. I'm, I'm just saying all, all he has to, all he has to say is come on, baby, do Freddy. Yeah. Um, I really like this movie. I, I think the pacing of this movie is better than the original. Um, the idea of Freddy, his his agenda is different in this one. He's trying to, you know, come out of. Uh, uh, he's trying to get. Je he got Jesse to kill for him. Basically, he killed the coach. He yeah. killed, I think, a couple others. He kills Grady at the end of the movie. I, there, there's not enough good things I can say about this movie. I, it's one of those movies that I I did sort of like as a kid, as a teenager, but then as I got older, I gained much more respect for it. Um, well, the, the character Grady was such a strong character too. And he and he was a supportive friend. Like, yeah, they was they had a little scuffle on the on the baseball field in the beginning of the movie, but you could tell throughout the entire film that he was there for Jesse, right? Like, yeah. Robert what, what, Ro Robert Russell, that's his name. Yeah, and I remember they that, that scene when they were sitting at the lunch table, and I think Jesse got a little smart with him about something, and. He had a mouthful of food. He's like, "Oh, you want me to move? I'll fucking move then. No problem." You know, and it's like that. That yeah. guy just wanted to be there for Jesse. And that's great. Like, like I said, there's you know, in a lot of horror movies, especially from the '80s, you got your stereotypes and you got you know toxic characters and all that. But this this movie changed everything up. And 
it's a ballsy movie. No pun intended, because you know the, the gay aspect of it, but it is a ballsy movie. It is a ballsy movie. Um, like I said, I like the pacing of this movie, and I do like the plot and story of this movie. It's way different than all the others, but it's it's good different. Um, and then you know the last what ten minutes of the movie, the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie, where um Jesse goes into Grady's room, and then Freddie finally comes out of his body. That's a good effect. Yes, it, that is a that's a fantastic effect. Yeah, I mean, and it was scary. Like like. If, if you felt for Grady watching Freddie coming out of your best friend's body and then killing you, you know, and like I, th- that last 15 minutes of that film is golden to me. And I know everybody says, well, Freddie's not supposed to come into the real world and kill a bunch of people at once. I don't care. It, 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 they didn't have the formula down pat just yet at that point. It was only part two. So well, that, that's actually one of my, my gripes, actually, the pool scene. Really? Uh, while the pool scene gave us one of the greatest one-liners, "You are all my children now," I felt I felt it broke the the dream rule way too much. I don't mind Freddie being seen by two, three people, but how is Freddie a dream and is seen by every single person at the pool party? That's I, I just that's took my. It as, I just took it as that he got so strong from having Jesse kill for him that he was able. You know, he was able to come out of Jesse and become physical and, and become, you know, a, a, a real person. That's how I took it. To me, it makes sense. And I, I do understand. I See, I'm a fan of, um, I don't know what you actually call it, but I'm going to call it like orgy death scenes where uh, they did it in Freddy versus Jason where in the cornfield, Jason killed a bunch of people. Um, I guess I think one of the best examples would be Wishmaster 1 and 2. The first Wishmaster had two scenes, an orgy death scene, one in the pyramid, and then at the end at uh, Beaumont's uh, party. You know what I mean by orgy death scenes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so I like orgy death scenes. They did. They also did it in Hellraiser 3. Um, I think I mentioned that a couple of times. I like horror movies to have shit like that because it's just it's pure chaos for a couple of minutes. Uh, point, um, point, point taken. Point taken. Yeah. But I get your point, too. Like, it it destroyed the mytho and all that from the first one. Um, let's talk about those fucking baby face dogs for a minute. Like, goddamn, that is nightmare fuel. The yeah. baby face dogs. What the fuck? Like growing up when I was a kid, I had to close my eyes at that part because I just couldn't comprehend why there was baby faces on a fucking pit bull or whatever they were. Yeah. Um, but Freddie's always used uh, baby faces or like, people faces very effectively too. Mm-hmm. Um, not much else to say about this one. I really, I like how it ended. I like how they defeated, how, how Lisa defeated Freddie, even though Jesse is the star. This movie took chances, man. Yeah, I mean, it, took, it took a lot of chances. It broke the mold. It broke the mold. It, it, it didn't go through the normal cliches. It, you know, like it was its own movie essentially. Um, I like the very ending where they're in the school bus again. And then Freddie's hand bursts through that black girl's chest in the back, I think. And, and the whole movie's good. That, that's, I, I really, I know we don't rate movies too much on here, but that's a four out of five fucking movie. Freddy's but I, I gotta say though, that it, part two also provided the best dance scene ever with, Hold me, baby, drive me crazy, touch all me night all night long. And then he pops the cap when she comes in. 
Yeah. Um, I forgot about that part. That part was funny. But, that, that part's gold. That part is gold. The only other thing I want to touch on before we move on to part three is uh, his glove in part two. There's no glove, really. There, It's just uh, his hand yeah. with the, the knives coming out. That, that's cool. That was the more gruesome looking, in my opinion. Yes, I agree with that, and, too. And I will say also, and I know, you know, me and you both have slightly debating opinions about that scene where he pops out and all that. But if if you think about just how Freddy was portrayed in part two, he's almost scarier in part two than he even is in part one, because he really doesn't say anything funny. He's just very, very menacing, very menacing in part two. Oh, I, I agree. Um, I really, I really wish that Robert Englund fought for the chance to stay more, more like that through the rest of the sequels. Yeah. I see where I see why they did what they did for three and on, but I I really love the serious uh no take no prisoners, Freddie. Yeah, I miss I, I miss it. I love it actually. Yeah. Like well, part two is one of my favorites. Uh it's so odd because I said this on another show that failed um because of one John Rhodes that uh didn't want to stick with it. But um on that show, I had said that in the Friday the thirteenth series my favorite installment is part two. It, 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 it's the best one by far. Um, and I, I agree. I feel uh, for the most part, I feel the same way about this one too. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to have great things to say about future sequels once we get there in tonight's conversation, but part two is amazing. Mike, you can come in and try to disagree if you got the balls or whatever the fuck you're doing over there, but part two is awesome. Okay. Let's go on to part three, the dream warriors. Um, I started off with my thoughts on the first two. Would you like to start off on this one? Uh, yes, I actually got to see that this is the first one I ever saw at the theater. Uh, so I hold fond memories of that because it's one of the early uh, horror movies I got to see at a movie theater. Um, I love this movie from beginning to end. I have very little bad things to say about this movie. We'll get into that as we talk about it more. Um, this is also where you, you start beginning to see more of the the slapstick one-liners from uh, Freddy. With uh, the the one that's most prominent is with Joey. How's this for a wet dream? And it's, it's like it's it, it, it's great, but it's it also takes away from his scariness. As I said when we were talking about two, I I really wish that Robert Englund fought for the character and yeah. one and kept it scary but i see why they did it because they were they were marketing freddy at that at that point mm-hmm. and he became part of a americana like freddy became the the horror yeah. icon of americana and let's be honest anything that becomes a slice of americana um yeah. has to get toned down a bit and i think that's what it was i think yeah. they wanted to and they didn't want to admit this but they wanted to tone him down just enough to where kids could like him because yeah. Did you know that there was a Nightmare on Elm Street NES game that came out back then? Yes, I I had it. <laughs> yeah, I had it too. I like the game. I still think the game's pretty awesome. Yeah. Unlike the Friday the Thirteenth game, I think that game's pure shit. But the Nightmare on Elm Street game, it's hard. It's difficult as fuck, but it's an awesome game. Um, but anyway. But think about that. That's what when they had the video game, then they had the music video with Dawkins. 
Uh, Freddie was becoming, part, like I said, part of Americana. You could find Freddie anywhere at this point. MTV was uh, talking about Freddie at that point. Yeah. Um, so. and, and I think there was also a, like a Nightmare on Elm Street pinball machine that was made too around that time. I can't remember. Um, one note I want to make before I forget because it's a very important one. You mentioned the uh, how's this for a wet dream scene with Joey. This movie has the best pair of fucking titties in it that I had seen. I, I, it, it, best titties. That fucking nurse, oh, she had the best. Yeah. I would suckle on them titties. I'm just saying that right fucking now to all of you who's listening, watching, and whatever. Suckle on them nurses' titties, I would. Anyway. Succulent. Succulent. Yeah. Anyway, um, you're right. You know, there's not many bad things to say about this movie. Uh, you know, uh, starts off good. We get introduced to, uh, is it Patricia Arquette that played Kristen yes. in the first one? Yes, Patricia uh, Arquette, yes. We get introduced to her. We get introduced to her mom. Um, I love the way this movie starts. You know, uh, Freddie comes hot and, and fierce at, at her in the beginning of this movie. Oh, I will say this. This movie has probably the best creative ideas for special effects and, and dream monster nightmare shit, you know, all that shit going on. Yeah. This one probably has the best effects and best creativeness out of all of them. Like if there's one thing you can say about this movie is that great creativeness. Um, I, you know, I think this was the very first movie for uh, Lawrence Fishburne, I think. Morpheus? Yes. yes. Even though in the credits in this movie they called him Larry Fishburne, which I think that's kind of funny looking back on. But uh, the whole cast in this movie is good. You know, just like the second one, the cast is great in this. The, the doctor is great. Uh, the uh, psycho nurse is great. The one that puts uh, uh, Kincaid in the uh, quiet room. I just always called her Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. Yeah, that's she's like Nurse, nurse Ratchet in a way. That's, that's basically what she is. Yeah. Um. They really like this movie's world, its atmosphere, its story. It all it's very engaging. Like if there's one of the sequels that you feel like you could really fall into the universe of, it's probably this one. Um, and every it, every it's character, a, it's a perfect it's a perfect setting too. Uh, a psych a psychotic hospital. Like yeah. who's gonna who's gonna believe these kids? Yeah, exactly. Perfect stuff. Um, from what I heard. I guess Wes Craven, did he help write the script? And yeah. I thought I heard that he wanted it originally to be a lot darker. And then the studio or someone said, no, no, we got to lighten this up a little bit. And again, probably because of they were wanting to make Freddy marketable. Um, so they lightened it up a bit. And then that's probably where the one-liners and the more comedic side of Freddy came from. And there you go. And it, it yeah. reshaped the franchise forever. Um, but there's still some great effect scenes, like uh, the 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 scene with Philip, uh, when uh he he has all his veins popping out and leading him to the to his death. That's well, a that's a that's a great scene. Yes, it is. Um, but I think it's best when it starts when Freddy uh turns into one of those dolls that he has. Yes, because I, I think that's stop motion animation. I think. Um, and it was it was stop uh, stop motion, and it looks good still to this day, in my opinion. Um, 
Yeah, man. The whole fucking... If there is one thing about this movie that I can say was kind of a drag, was it was the secondary storyline where the other doctor, the good doctor, was trying to find... Was it Freddy's mom to, you know, release some sort of spirit or something or figure out how to beat Freddy? I thought that they could yeah. have probably done that a little bit better to make it a little bit more interesting, but whatever. Um, I thought it was a good, strong decision to kill Nancy at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, it was a shock. You didn't think Nancy would get killed? No, I, I mean, I remember sitting in the theater and I was actually crying when, I, when uh, Patricia Arquette was holding her. And yeah, she was, she was dying. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an emotional scene. They make it feel real. Um, can we talk real quick about at that at that moment, the very last scene before he kills her, and everyone's coming at him, and he does the little uppercut punch, and if you if you look at that, he hits nowhere near <laughs> the whichever one he was punching. That's the one thing about that scene is like, man, he uppercutted the air. Yeah. <laughs> like, they probably could have edited that a little bit better, but whatever. Um, oh, I'll, real quick. When Kristen was uh, back in her dream world, when they all decided to go into the dream world and fight him, and yeah. she's back in her bed, and her mom comes out, and, you know, and the, you, the husband in the background, honey, where's the bourbon? And then, then, then Freddie comes in and cuts her hair, head off, and like, I said, where's the fucking bourbon? That's my favorite part. Where's the fucking bourbon, bitch? That's my favorite part. Everyone alludes to everyone goes to the um, welcome to prime time, bitch part as their favorite part. But this I think this was my favorite dialogue scene. Uh, the, the Where's the fucking bourbon? Um, my favorite uh, dialogue scene is from Kincaid, actually, because Kincaid actually through the whole movie plays this badass uh, in your face uh, badass. But the scene when he's in the quiet room, you actually see. His his scared side, his his uh oh my god, am I gonna die in here side when he does that song. And it's like you almost see his his human side come out instead of always putting up that big uh badass front. And I, mm -hmm. I really I really like played into that scene and I really like almost felt sorry for him because you know, he always said, Oh, I don't need anybody basically, but then you know, when the Dream Warriors got all together you know, he, he showed he could be a team player and, like, yeah, help, help out when he needed. Yeah, he definitely had one of the strongest characters in, in the movie. Um, yeah. Speaking of Kincaid, and also speaking of good dialogue in this movie, Kincaid has a quick dialogue moment that <laughs> I've used throughout my life on women. That part where they all find each other and Kristen's like, Kincaid, I can kiss you. And he's like, well, what's stopping you? I've said that to bitches before. What's stopping you? So, uh, you know, this movie so, helped. So you, so you could relate to Kincaid. A little bit, you know. <laughs> what's stopping you, bitch? You know, that kind of thing. I like it. Lay it but, on me. I like the way they dispatch Freddy in this movie. It was creative. And it... Yep. it Felt in the you know at that one it, it felt like it was real and like hey he might actually be done for all that stuff. Um, you, you know what I, I also uh, you know what I also noticed about the kids is that they almost had kind of like a Breakfast Club like ish attitude where they all had like a different background and they all had a like you had the nerd you had the 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 jock that you had the the princess you had all, all the characters that, that were together kind of like a breakfast club 
and how they could all coexist and become a team together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This movie was well structured. It's like, it's like you felt that everything that they learned from the first one and the, the mistakes that they've learned from and all that, they just did better in part three. Yeah. Um, Oh, let's talk about the song at the end of the credits, the Dream Warrior song. It's yeah. a great song. Fucking one I, am, of the- I am one of the biggest Dawkins fans. So when and, and here's a little known fact. For the people that got to see it at the theater, there's actually two Dawkins songs in the movie. But when they released it on uh DVD, well actually at that yeah. time just they only have one Dawkins song at the end. It- they changed the, the opening intro, right? They changed yeah, the song. It, it, was, it was a song called Into the Fire. Uh, but after it came out on VHS, when I bought it, I was so excited to hear that song again. And it was a different song. And I was like, motherfuckers. Yeah, they changed that. that I, I realized that also when I bought it. I think it was that DVD collection also that came out in the, the late 90s, which is still an awesome collection. Um yeah, that sucks. I, I hate it when original music gets taken out of the, out of the whatever you know, the movies, TV yeah. shows, whatever. Um, so that's it for part three. There's not much else to say about it. Do you do you want to cover real quick some negatives about part three? Because you didn't really touch on that yet. I don't. Uh, really, I I didn't really have a lot of negatives. Um, actually, I. Honestly, I can't think of any negatives except for the, what you talked about with the the doctor looking for Freddie's mom, and that yeah. that, that was kind of a weak weak uh, scene. I know why they were doing it. It's just I don't think it needed to be done, right? And I think the underuse of uh, John Saxon coming back. I thought John Saxon could have uh, been in the movie a little bit more. I was just gonna say, I, I it's not that I was upset that. Um, you know, that he wasn't in the movie more. I was upset that, you know, they turned him into a complete drunk, which that makes sense from what they went through in part one. Yeah. But they should have given him a little bit more of a heroic moment other than just at the very last second, like, it's you, you son of a bitch. I'm yeah. going to kill you for what you did to my family or whatever the fuck he said. And then he dies. Or at least gave, let him have a better battle than that, like, what is it, like a minute? Yeah. Because he was kind of a complete asshole throughout all of his scenes until the very last second. Like, they should have done that a little bit differently, I thought. I think so, too. Anyway, moving on to part four, The Dream Master. I will say this mo- this movie holds a special place in my heart. I know it's not a strong movie, but it just has really, really cool moments. It has really fucking cool moments. Yes. Um, I, again, I like the cast. Most most of them. Um, is it her, is her name Lisa Wilcox that plays Lisa uh, who played? Uh, God, I'm having a blank. I'm having a blonde moment. But producer Mike saved me. Her name's Alice. Alice, thank you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually have her autograph on the wall here. <laughs> yeah, you know, here's a quick funny little story. Um, several years ago, I went to a convention that Lisa Wilcox was at, and she was not in a good fucking mood at all. And I went up to her table, and no one was up there talking to her. They were just kind of more so going around seeing the more popular ones. 
And I took, I went up to her table and I, I didn't say anything rude to her or anything like that. I just was taking a look at her pictures and, you know, the stuff, the memorabilia stuff that they have all out on their table for you to buy a signed copy of or whatever the fuck. And um, I was just looking. And again, no one was behind me. There was no line, nothing like that. And I was looking at her stuff and she looked at me and she goes, are you going to buy anything? And I was, <laughs> I was. <laughs> Oh, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just looking like, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not. And she goes, she goes, oh, okay. And that's all she said. I was like, holy shit. What a fucking cunt. Wow. Cox, if you're watching this in the near future or whatever, you were a fucking cunt towards me. Fuck you. You were ugly by the time you went to part five, mainly because you were pregnant in the movie and just, you, you're ugly. You're ugly now. But anyway, I digress. Um, she was awesome in part four, though. And, you know, I can say that. Yeah. Um, well, Alice became one of my favorite characters, too. Um, just because of what metamorphosis she goes from between four and five, you know, she, she becomes a lot stronger in five. and becomes a complete uh, fucking loser in part five. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> anyway, um... Right off the bat, I gotta say I love the music in this one. That opening song, I think it was by a Tuesday Night sung it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tuesday Night was replacing Patricia Arquette as Kristen. As Kristen, yeah. Yes, I they, running, they, running from this nightmare. <laughs> I turn around, but there's no one there, and I'm running. Anyway, um. <laughs> She, of course, she doesn't look or sound anything like Patricia Arquette. And as a kid, it was like, yeah, that kind of sucks. That's not Kristen from the Dream Warriors. But Tuesday night in that movie looked good. Like, she was kind of hot, kind of good-looking girl, you know, and whatever. But um, they were all just there just to be dispatched quickly, which, you know, I just rewatched this uh, series for this retrospective just a couple of weeks ago. I was watching it with one of my nurses and that was one of her comments was like, man, they killed off the originals from part three. They killed them off way too fast. They made them look like weak little bitches. And she's got a point, you know, yeah. as strong as Kincaid came off as in part three, just the way he got killed. I, I don't know. They, it, I think it was a little lazy. Um, I think the director, I think his name is Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan. Yeah. Okay, I was just going to say, I might not have been accurate about that. I thought I heard that when they were putting that movie together, that I, I thought I heard that things were changing on, on the fly, and that at one point, they didn't even know what direction they were going in with the movie. But so yeah, they, I heard there was a, it was a lot of mess, and uh, they had a different... I don't know what the original outcome was, but then they I guess they changed uh, most of the rest of the movie, and I think that Tuesday night was actually supposed to be in more of the movie at, at one point. Really? Yeah. And then they decided to basically have her pass the torch to Alice. Cause I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't read up on it and I should have. Um, I wonder if Tuesday night was asking for too much money and maybe they just didn't want to pay or something. Maybe. Cause I mean, Patricia Arquette, I mean, became pretty big after that. So, yeah, I don't think Patricia Arquette would have wanted to do it if she was going to get killed right off the bat. But no. then again, you probably wouldn't have done that if it was Patricia Arquette. 
You know, I mean, look at what they did for Lisa Wilcox. She was in four and five. And like you said, she overall, she's probably one of the strongest characters in the entire franchise because she took out Freddy twice and never got killed by him. Yep. So, but we'll get there. Um, I, I, you know, even though this movie was a mess behind the scenes, it came out okay. Like, I, Freddy has some fun one-liners again. Um, wait a minute. Did you, wait, I was just thinking, you, you messed up, you messed up one of the dialogues that put from part three. He doesn't say, how's this for a wet dream in part three. He says that in part four to, to Joey. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, well, I knew, but I knew it was to Joey though. Yeah. Well, you get points for that one. Let me tell you. Um, he says to Joey in the third one, he because he wrapped the uh, as the hot titted nurse, he wraps the, the tongues around him to tie him up, and he says, "What's wrong, Joey? Feeling tongue tied?" That's that, tongue tied. Yeah. That's his dialogue to Joey in the third one, but in the fourth one, yeah, he pops up out of the waterbed and says, "How's this for a wet dream?" That naked bitch under the waterbed, her her, her under, under the waterbed, her titties just didn't stack up to the nurse's titties from part three. I'm just gonna say no, that right. no but Joey gets all the titties, man. Yeah. I mean, at least the crippled dude in part three should have got some titties in his face real quick, but no, he just wanted to be a wizard. He wanted to be the dream master. Yeah, oh, the, yeah the dream was yeah, it was it the dream out yeah, the dream uh, master. I don't remember what he was calling himself, or you know, I don't know. Uh, he would be gone. <laughs> if this movie was made in now in 2022, he would just say, "I am the transgender. I am the transgender." You know, that's what it would be now. Yeah. But um, anyway, back to part four. Um, <laughs> I liked. I do like the transition. The way this movie transitions, you know, they dispatch. Although they shouldn't have dispatched them as quickly as they did. I'm glad that they moved on to a new set of characters. Um, I think this is the first one where you really feel like, okay, we know this formula. We see the attributes of the characters, you know, the black girl, she, um, had asthma and, uh, she hated bugs. And, uh, so you knew, or, no, 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 no. It was the uh, other girl that hated the bugs. It, it was the, the one that was the model. Yeah. Yeah. She hated the bugs. So you knew, you knew her death scene was going to be something about bugs. You knew the, the black girl with glasses, uh, she was going to die, you know, something to do with her asthma or not breathing. Instead, she got Freddie's tongue down her throat. That's fucking gross. That I can't imagine being that girl and be like, all right, well, Robert England's going to suck your face today. Like, what the fuck? Like, does he say you want to suck face? (laughs) Yeah. And like, how'd they talk her into that? Like, it's so fucking weird. Um, the weakest moment, in my opinion, to this movie is um, Rick's death. Uh, maybe not. No, is his name not Rick? It's uh, yeah, Kristen's brother. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, it's Rick. Yeah, is it Rick? Because he yeah. was uh, he was the karate guy, and then he he got uh, killed um, uh, by uh, an invisible Freddy. Yeah, and uh, he he even admitted the karate scenes were like. I guess the original karate scenes had more like real karate in it, but when they filmed it, it was like all he did was punch and kick, punch and kick, mm-hmm. punch and kick. It was just like he, it was like a watered down version of karate. But uh, yeah, I agree that this 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 death scene was terrible, terribly done. Yeah, it was a terrible scene and an otherwise pretty good movie. Um, they dispatch him, and then they make it even worse with uh, with. 
the Alice daydreaming and uh, that he got out of his fucking uh, casket and that that's so fucking terrible. Like that was the lowest point of the movie, his death scene and then the daydream scene at his funeral. But also, Rick had the highest point of a movie. Oh, Rick, you little meatball. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> um. And he also had a very important scene, the scene where they showed him uh, beating the shit out of the, uh, the the punching bag with that song playing in the background. The yeah, reason and, and anything, it, anything is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and I like that song. It, it was awesome because then you got to see that scene again at the end when Alice was, you know, learning karate. Real quick. That, no, like I said, other than the two scenes that I just mentioned, this movie is pretty strong and it has moments that get you into it, get you hyped. Like, when she was doing that nunchuck scene with that song playing in the background, you got hyped up in that quick moment. You're like, yeah, this bitch is going to kick Freddie's ass, you know? Um, well, the thing, I, the thing I liked about Alice's transition was uh, how they played off every time someone dies, she gets one of their, like, attributes. And the, after the scene when Rick dies, that's when she picks up the karate. And I, I, I agree that that nunchuck scene was, like, like wow, like I'm in love with this woman now. <laughs> they, they did give her a really awesome transition, and she had a physical appearance transition from the very beginning of the film when she looked like a sweet and innocent, you know, little vulnerable girl, and then at the end, you it was believable that she could kick Freddie's ass. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it a little bit more. The bug scene in part four. God, it always grossed me out how they did that special effect where her face fell off and she just became the bug. That shit was so motherfucking. Yeah, the, the Roach Motel scene. Yeah. Um, but hey, that song they were playing in the background when she was lifting the weights, that was, I want your hands on me. Yeah. I was yeah. like, sure, let me let me just jump in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> let me lick that twat while you're lifting those weights. You know what I'm saying, bitch? <laughs> Ugh. Don't ever do that. <laughs> No, um, no, no bug, no bug looking though. <laughs> yeah, no, don't lick the bug button. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you know the scene where uh he first Freddie first shows up and he says no pain, no gain or whatever, and then he like broke her elbows. Uh, you know that that was that's an ooh, ooh scene. Yeah, they they could have just they could have just left it at that, honestly. Yeah, they could have done something a little different, but you know, whatever. They did an awesome special effects scene with the bug stuff and all that. Whatever, it worked. It was just a little gross. Yeah. Um, and again, I I I really like the end of this movie. I I like that she goes into the dream world. They kind of have a little like fist fight or whatever. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I like some of his one liners in this movie. Like I said earlier, good shit. I like when um, what's the boyfriend's name? Dan. When he Dan, falls. Yeah. Uh, in the um, surgery room, and then he wakes up, and it's Freddy Krueger, and he goes Krueger, and he's like, "Well, it ain't Doctor Seuss." So, like, I, I think I thought that was funny. Yeah, I don't know. But um, in the surgery room, it's a fucking operating room. You fucking get out of here, you ugly fucking piece of shit. Don't don't ever come back. You piece. This is my show, my network. Oh, oh, I own- oh Cody. Cody, you crippled son of a bitch. I could kiss you. <laughs> Why? What the fuck did I say? That was so great. Anyway. Um, God, that made You're me lose my... You're supposed to say, well, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? <laughs> All right, I'm done, with, I'm done with this gimmick. 
this fucking bit that fell apart. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's part four. What's uh, what? I think we Jesus are. Jesus Christ! You even listen to your own show? I'm sitting hey. here listening to what you say and trying to make it into a bit to come back in and and you know bring some entertainment, and you just like let it fall flat. Jesus Christ! I love how he comes in and just says the shit and doesn't let me respond or anything like that. That's fine. I ain't got nothing to say to that little bastard anyway. I quit. I quit the entire network. How about that? Oh, by the way, a little behind the scenes thing. Rob, did I, I you saw it. I left the, the group chat the other day. I, was I did. Sick and tired of just getting all those notifications for conversation I, I wasn't a part of, you know, and all that. And I knew it. Some people was going to think like, oh, did Cody get into a fight with Mike or some shit? No, I just didn't want to be a part of the group convo anymore. But um, no, I, I messaged Mike. I was like, uh, I didn't say anything about a fight. I was just like, was he mad about something? Or, and Mike's like, no, he doesn't like group conversations. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm part of the network. I'm going to be around for a while, all that good shit. But, uh, so yeah, that's part four, the dream master. Um, good movie. I'd give it a three and a half out of five if we were rating and all that shit. Yeah, we can, we can do some ratings. Uh, but, but while you're on the rating for this, I'll give it a three and a half also. Yeah. And I know Mike's going to say three or four. There's no halves. Well, this ain't Mike's show. I don't care. I or not this is our show we can give halves anyway um so I'll now give a 3.625 and a half if you if, if you come right. in and show okay if you want to what i don't have a problem with that you know by the way the first one i would give a four out of five i think we already said part two is a four out of five and yeah. i also think part three is a four out of five so i think most of these movies up to this point are decent movies yeah, and this one only took this one only took a little bit of a dip, but you know, three and a half is still, I mean, still damn respectable. Yeah, of course. I like yeah. I like Dream Master. It has a soft soft spot in my butthole, you know. But I ha- but I have a feeling the next couple are gonna start dipping. Well spoiler alert. Yeah, let's go on to part five. A dream child. Ugh, I hate this movie. I'm First gonna- of all, I, I hate the title. I'm gonna yeah. tell you that right now. I hate the title. I hate the movie. They should have just call it the the dream semen or something like the dream semen. <laughs> like, because I mean, this is really. I think this movie has some strong parts, but I think they're overdone by the really bad parts. Like, I like the fact that a um, Lisa Wilcox is back at it again. I think she's still strong in this movie, uh, but I, I find like a lot of the supporting cast is. I mean, even Dan, even Dan's not as good in this one as he was in the uh, in See, four. I think uh, Alice, the character, comes off as a complete fucking loony bin in this movie. There's something wrong with my baby, my baby. Yeah. He's taking my baby. Like, oh. I mean, I mean, she did. She does see all these like these things that uh, Freddie's doing, and she's feeling things, and she thinks Freddie's back, and mm. but. Um, I, I, I think she plays the crazy person really well in this one, though. Yeah, like, I guess. But, like, I agree with you. The guy who plays Dan, he all – he it's like he was into it in part four. But, like, in this one, maybe – I don't they know. Kill him, they kill him. Once again, they kill him too early. It's, it reminds me of the, 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 the transition from three to four. They kill the, the cast right away. Well, they kill Dan right away in this, and it's like, the fuck? Like – 
they should have at least saved Dan's death for later. I think that would have been more shocking. Yeah. Kill yeah. him in the beginning, and now it's like you're making her even more crazy. They could have had that closer to the end, made you think that he was going to live again along with her, and then he, you know, kind of like how they killed off Nancy at the end of part three. It was shocking. Yeah. It was shocking because it happened at the very end when you thought everything was going to be okay. Yep. No I agree. Kill off Dan the way they did at the time they did, but that's just a testament to how trash this movie but, is. But unlike four, four even even some of the smaller supporting roles were they were all very strong. This one, I think, uh, the the supporting roles like uh, Yvonne, I didn't like her at all. I don't like her at all. She's just a shallow idiot, in my opinion. Mark is really good in some parts, and then there's other parts where I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah, no, I don't like Mark either because he was so much. Uh, that this is the comic book geek guy, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, he was so much into the comic book geek stuff that it's like, dude, you're it, this is a serious situation. Stop comparing Freddy to a comic book character because yeah. a the audience don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and b the characters right next to you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So you're coming off as a complete fucking idiot. But that one scene where he confronts Yv- Yvonne about like. Like he's real. Like I thought that was a really good scene, but I, yeah. I still I. And what's the actress's name that plays, uh, Yvonne? She's been in a lot of movies. Uh, Mike, Mike, who plays Yvonne? He doesn't know either because he doesn't give a shit about this movie. Anyway, uh, in, in other movies I've seen her, and she's always a very strong character. And even the I don't know the name, but I know. I know who you're talking about, and yes, she, she is was a girl. She was the girl in the mask. Shit. She was the girl in the mask with uh, um, that movie about the kid who's deformed. Yeah, and, I'll, uh, yeah. Oh, well, hold on. I'm on. I'm on a laptop. I can. I can look it up. And well, anyway, and I, while you're looking that up, I mean, every other movie I've seen her in, even if it was a weak character, she seemed to bring strength to that character. And in this movie, it was almost like, oh, I just did this movie for a paycheck attitude she just had a very annoying fucking voice to me like i couldn't yeah. stand her and she lived oh i thought it was hot of course she thought it was hot her voice is incredibly hot mm. have you found her name by the way she's a female neckum <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that shit on this show that's we we we, oh. we save that shit for our show like Oh yes, well, to... um, it's a it's a network crossover. Hold on. Oh yes, Nightmare that's, that's what it is. It's a network crossover. Right. It's a ne- right. it's a network it crossover. That's right. God damn it. Um, Kelly Joe Minter. Yeah, that's it. That's who she is. Yeah, she, she was in the People Under the Stairs also. Yes, she was. Her first name. Very enjoyable person. Yeah. Her first name's Kelly. Yeah. That's a white girl's name. I would have thought she had a would have had a name like Shaniqua or some shit. <laughs> anyway, um, what, what I was saying about her though, every from her Neckum past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every other movie I ever seen her in, she could take a, a really weak character and build it. This one, I I feel like she just did this movie for a paycheck because there was no strong scenes with her. There was no memorable scenes with her except for the fact when she dives off the diving board into a small like uh dream cr- creek i guess you call it yeah uh, but 
Yeah. Besides I, that, I don't, I don't really remember much about her because she's not I, memorable. I believe you. Like, I, I mean, I, I, cause that's, I, I agree. I think it wasn't the actors. I think it was the, the script and maybe the atmosphere on the set of the movie. And I think that's what it was. Um, yeah. I, just, I think the movie was pure shit. Um, the kid, the fucking kid in this movie is God awful. Everyone talks about how the acting of the kid and New Nightmare is terrible, which it's not great, but it is nowhere near as annoying as this kid and this. No, film. that new the kid in New Nightmare is three times better. Yeah, I mean, he's not great, but it's he's no. not like this one is. He's that one, and that we'll get to that one, but that one's at least a little bit more believable the way that kid's acting is. But um, oh, this I hate this kid. Like you know, I, I don't know. Anyway, um. So we get through the movie, sonograms, death scenes, stupid Freddy one-liners, pretty good special effects, especially if you get to see the unrated version, which, yeah. by the way, it's such a shame that the unrated version of this movie is not widely available. And that sucks because yeah. the unrated version with the better special <laughs> effects does make this movie a little bit more tolerable, but still not enjoyable. But still, like, we should have had the the unrated version of this movie. Like, why, what the fuck? Anyway... Can we move on from this movie? This movie's, I'm, I'm giving this a zero out of five. Fucking uh, I'm actually going to give it uh, a 1.5. One of it goes to uh, Lisa Wilcox, and the point five goes to the special effects. But besides those two things, I really don't see anything that would make me want to ever see this movie again. Yeah, for, like I said, zero out of five for me all across the board on part five. Also, zero out of five for Lisa Wilcox's piece of shit attitude towards me at that convention from a few years. Yes, well, I'll agree with you on that one. Fuck you, bitch. Anyway, oh. let's go on to Freddy's Dead. Is that what the next one's called? Yep, Freddy's Dead. Uh, the the Final the Nightmare. Final, final Nightmare, yes. Now, I know you predicted earlier you, you said well the, the, the next two cody ain't gonna like but hey guess what i like freddy's dead i don't like it in the same vein that i like the earlier installments as a horror film but as a goofy wild you know fun ride of a movie i like it um it has some scenes in it that's funny again again i like the cast again well i never said that uh i would hate it I just said, as far as the ratings go, they wouldn't be quite as high as one through four. Yeah, you're right about that. We'll see how, how I've rated yeah. at the end of this uh, this installment. I am in love with Tracy. <laughs> well, real quick here, let's talk about the soundtrack of this movie. It, it's It's got like that 90s rock soundtrack. I really like that song that starts off the movie. Yeah. I, you know? Um, it was a little weird watching that dude roll down that hill throughout half the credits, so that was kind of fucking stupid. Um, yeah. there, there is a lot of stupid shit in this movie, but again, how much lower can you go than the dream child? You, you're already yeah. at rock fucking bottom. There ain't nowhere to go but up. For, yeah, just, for, just, just roll the dice and hope it, hope it turns out better than five. Yeah. Um, I will say... I absolutely hate Freddy's makeup in this one. He does not look menacing. He doesn't look cool. He actually, if anything, he looks pretty fucking old in this movie. Like, if you really think about it, Robert England kind of looked out of shape in part. And you know, uh, Mike, I would actually like your opinion on this real quick. If you if you're listening, come in and uh, am I the only one th that that thinks that that Robert England looked a little out of shape for for this one? Like. 
You know, well, he's coming in. I know he's going to come in eventually, but Rob, what's your opinion about that? Did Freddie look a little out of shape in this one? A little bit, yeah. What do you think, Mike? What, in in, in six? And Freddie's dead. Uh, Robert England. Yeah, not. Freddie's dead, six, right. He doesn't look Yeah, good. I mean, I mean, he, he, he tried to be that witch thing, and he was on that broomstick. I, I thought it, at one point he was going to crack the broomstick and, you know, fall down you know, back to the earth and all that stuff. And then when he was, you could tell he got winded when he was pushing that bed of spikes, oh, you know. But that, and he, he, but that was for the bit. Like, ah, ah, no, ah, that was, that was ah, on purpose. I'm just saying in general, like, he looked more bloated and fatter in the face and just, I like He it. was older too. Fuck, look, I mean. But look how cool, um, look how awesome he was in Freddy vs. Jason. We'll get to that one later, but like, he was in great shape yeah. in Freddy vs. Jason. And honestly, he looked a lot better. I mean, he looked a lot better, I think, in, in New Nightmare than he did here. Oh, New Nightmare, um, he had the best look, I think, since one. Well, let's let's get to that in a little yeah. while when we're yeah. talking about Freddy's dead. For but right but I agree with his look in this one. I, I wasn't scared of him. Yeah, me neither. Because... As a kid, I didn't. This was the one. As a kid, I, this was the one I probably watched the most because it was the. It wasn't scary. It, there was nothing scary about this movie. Nothing. Even the death scenes was comical. My favorite one was Carlos's death scene. The the the, the deaf guy, and yeah. how he, he cut off his uh, ear or something, and uh, he was completely deaf. And then Freddie was just jumping around behind him and screaming. That was fun. That's kind of funny. Did you know that Johnny Depp was uh, the actor on TV? Yes. Yes. Uh, this is your brain. This is yeah. your brain on drugs. Yeah. And then that it was a cool scene when the the colors came out of the TV and you know that one song played. That song. I don't know the lyrics, but that's all it sounds like. It's in a gada de vida. Whatever. Don't you know that song. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Is um, it, isn't this some movie that he, he says, now I'm playing with power? Yeah, because he has the fucking Nintendo Power Glove on. There's a lot in this movie that's outdated. You know, yeah. that Spencer guy, he's playing one of those uh, handheld fucking uh, game consoles that doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Yeah, um, I don't think so. And like you know, it just this movie. This movie is probably the most outdated one out yeah. of all of them. Like as far as um, concepts and uh, and uh, atmosphere, and not to mention either, even the like the three D uh, ending, the three D scene stuff. And uh, yeah. mm, 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 mm. like I said, I always looked at this movie as just a goofy comedy, and I think that's why I could enjoy it because I do like most of the characters. Um, I, it's just I, I think it's like one of those movies that's kind of so bad it's good. Um, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't insult your intelligence. It's just more like, hey, we did five movies of this, tried to be scary, let's take it in a different direction and finally end it because they, they weren't planning on ending it at that point, I think, because it was called The Final Nightmare. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just a fun movie, I think, for the most part. Alice Cooper's in the movie, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Ready, boy, for your whooping! You know, well, yeah, and, they have they have a lot of cameos. They have uh, Roseanne, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Tom Arnold to play the crazy couple. Children, I, 
kiss my children. Yeah, do you know that uh, Roseanne didn't charge him to for being in in the movie? Really? She did. Yeah, that? She, really? No, she she really wanted to be part of the the movie that she did it pro bono. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. She was a uh, big fan of uh the the series and she went to them and says, "Hey, is there any use you, you guys could have for me?" And uh you know, they they like they want to give her kind of like a Roseanne, like a crazy Roseanne like performance so they they gave her that role with tom arnold that's awesome yeah that's fucking awesome yeah so i I mean a lot of people criticize roseanne but i was like i was like that's pretty cool like to just volunteer your services to uh to a movie she really didn't even need to do because you know obviously she was one of the hugest tv stars at the time yeah yeah um so anyway uh the movie strolls along and it's very goofy manner there's not much to say about this movie, honestly. Like, it doesn't have strong points, but it doesn't have terrible points either. It's just kind of there. And it's then they had the three. They had the three D ending, which is uh, I got to see this at the theater. Yeah. I will say the three D ending. If if you haven't seen it in three D, it it was actually done really well. Uh, nothing, not great, but I will I'll, I'll say out of a five for the for that, I, they probably did about a two and a half three. I was just so. gonna say, walk us through real quick what it was like. Did you did you guys did they hand out three D glasses before you? Yes, did? they did, but um, they never told us it was only the ending that was three D. So like, we were all putting our glasses on in the beginning, and then the movie in the in the movie says, uh, "Don't put your glasses on till cued," like before the movie started. So like, we all took the glasses off, and then in the movie, there's a part where. Uh, remember the doctor holds up the glasses, and that yeah. that was that was your cue to put the glasses on in the so theater. The three D glasses that they gave you, it was just a regular left was blue, right was red, or something like that. Yep, yep. That man, that had to give people a headache. It what? did, and and I like I said, I wish they kind of did the whole thing in three D, but you know, it it was still kind of cool for what it was. But I, I, but I've seen three D much better. I went to the theaters to watch um, Resident Evil Afterlife, and the whole movie was 3D. And man, I hated having those 3D glasses. It wasn't the red and blue shit. It was like the new age 3D stuff, where it looked it looked the same cover colors on you know through the glasses and all that. But um, it gave me such a headache. I thought I was gonna have to go to the surgery room afterwards. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's that's Freddy's dead. It is what it is. It it could have been worse. Could have been better. But thankfully it wasn't the last one. At least uh out of out of a five, what do you give it? I'll give it a three out of five. Because I, I do like it. I just don't really like it. Yeah, does that make sense? Like Yeah, I am close to you, uh with two point five. Two point five? That's fair. Yeah. yeah. More than fair, actually. I think I just give it a uh a three out of five because I have the nostalgic goggles on for it. Honestly, yeah, um, I don't have my three D goggles on for it, but I got my nostalgic goggles on for it. So that's Freddy's dead. <clears throat> now let's go on to the next one. Very very strong entry. I don't think any of us is going to say anything anything bad for the most part about <laughs> Christmas New Nightmare. This movie, God, it just it's. What are the bad points of this movie? Is there any bad points? 
this movie was a uh, breath of fresh air for the series. Honestly, mm-hmm. I love the direction that uh, Wes Craven did this one. Uh, I even I noticed he poked fun at some of the older ones. Um, there was a scene when I think he mentioned uh, all only the first one was good or something like that. I, I, there was some kind of line like that. And I love the fact that it was a movie within a movie and how Nancy comes back as herself. And, you know, that, that, that scene when her, when she's going in the limousine and the limousine driver's like, you're that girl, aren't you? The, the girl with the, with the yeah. glove. <laughs> and I, I just love the direction that they took this in where they brought these these characters to real life and how the movie affected their life. And I even like the fact that Wes Craven has a few appearances in this one too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like that Wes Craven and Robert England is in this movie as themselves. Yes. And the thing is, it's so, it's so interesting when I was a kid, uh, teenagers, whatever, uh, teenage years, um, I wondered if that was even Robert England playing Freddy, like, you know, the demon version of Freddy. Cause if you think about it, storyline wise, Freddy's not even in this movie at all. It's actually just the evil spirit that, for, that got so strong from the films. That's that formed into Freddy. Uh, yeah. that was the story, but, um, he played Freddie so differently. What was that? What was that comment? Put that back up there. Oh, okay. Who's Charlie? Charlie's his son. Who? Uh, he. Uh, quick, quick uh, story. Matt Skinner is Charlie's father. Charlie's thirteen, and Charlie loves all these movies we're talking about, like eighties horror movies. And Charlie gets these credits in independent films. Uh, so. Charlie's a lover of horror at 13 already. So awesome. And I take it that's Charlie that's in the profile picture for him. Yes. Okay. Matt, you're raising your boy well. However, I must say, fix his fucking hair, please. <laughs> anyway, um, Wes Craven's new nightmare, man. What can you fucking say? Heather Lion Camp's back, John Saxon's back whatever fucking dude's name is that plays uh, Heather's uh, husband, boyfriend, whatever is yeah. there. He's not back. He's just there. I thought that guy was a complete fucking dope. Like, I'm glad he died first, I think. Um, yeah. Or no, the, the special effects team guys died first, but whatever. Um, I, I like it. I like, Freddy is scary again in this movie. and he He's not, he's not silly. He's not funny. I could have done without the cape, but yeah. whatever. But I think they wanted to give him that like uh, alter ego Freddy look uh, because, you know, especially when she talks about to Robert and she asks Robert if he's having dreams too. And remember that part when Robert kind of pauses and doesn't answer right yeah. away? Yeah. It's like, it's almost like that you get to see the vulnerable side of Robert Englund. And it was, it was actually a terrific performance, even though he's only in like two scenes, I believe. Yeah, and I will say also I think that the scariest moments of the of this movie is not even the scenes with Freddy in it. It's the scenes where Wes Craven's talking about what, you know, his fear of what's happening with the movies and the spirit of the film. And then that scene, like you just mentioned, where Robert England was painting the picture. And, and, like, those are some of the scariest moments of this movie. And that's just a testament, I think, to how good they made the acting and what they chose for the dialogue and all that. Um 
Let's talk about the kid again. He's not that bad. A lot no. of people, he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible. I, I think he, he fucks up on a couple of different things. I think, but um, oh, like the um, when he uh, when never he does never sleep again. Yeah, yeah never that. sleep again. Yeah, that, never yeah, sleep you, again. Do you know that that uh, Miko Hughes who played in uh, um that movie with Stephen King uh. He was uh, Gage who got pulverized by the tractor trailer. Yeah. That's the same kid who played Gage from Pet Cemetery. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. That's Miko Hughes is his uh, acting name. So he has two great horror movie uh, resumes, uh, but he's a lot older. And kindergarten uh, cop. Boys uh, have a penis. That's right. Girls he also have that, a vagina. That's right. He is that kid in that movie. I totally forgot about that one. Mike, do you just want to come in with us? Like you, you've been breaking into my broadcast, you know, quite a bit tonight. I mean, you got anything to say to me, bud? Like you want to, you want to take over the show? I know you had a lot of fun taking over. You even called yourself by my name on the special that I wasn't a part of. You want, is there anything you want to confess or anything like that? Hmm? Maybe not. Okay. He has, a, he has a Cody finish. Yeah, I guess so. Um, anyway, what, there's not much else to say about this movie. It's, it's a bit longer. I think this movie is almost, it's almost two hours long, I think. Yeah. And for, and for a nightmare movie, that's, that's pretty long. Yeah. Cause some of the others are like only like an hour and 35 minutes. An hour long. and 51 minutes. Okay, cool. Get out of here. Um, and even the scene when she, remember she gets the, uh, the message from West to go to New Line Cinemas the the girl that who greets her in the beginning, Sarah Risher. Sarah Risher is actually uh, a part of the original Nightmare production team. Mm, okay. So, so they actually brought back a lot of like legit people who were involved in Wes Craven's original, including okay. including John Saxon. They brought back John Saxon too. Mm-hmm. But this, but he's really still Nancy's father, and then in in the Nancy's nightmare. Except yeah. for the beginning, the beginning scenes, he's John Saxon, and then later on, remember, he's like Nancy, you can't be doing this again. He's like, he's like Nancy, like <laughs> I'm Heather. <laughs> that ending, that that towards the ending was cool, but that just reminded me of, me of the one flaw that I think this movie has, and that is actually the demise of Freddy in this movie. I think that is overall like the movie's great but that demise of freddy in this movie is terrible like they that was so unoriginal and so just rushed and then that quick cgi effect where they show his face explode and his eyeballs all eyeballs popping out that looked yeah. awful it, that, that was the that's the only low point to the movie in my opinion is, is that very ending real quick real quick. i agree um and you know, and then the way she's reading the script to the son. So like, whatever. Like it's it, it, overall, it's a strong movie. Um, I'll give the movie. Uh, I'll give it a four out of five. Fuck it. You you're, know, you're gonna be surprised on mine. Maybe a three point five. Four point five. This is oh. my this is my favorite. This is my favorite nightmare movie. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Just because I think they took the original idea and they 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 did it 10 times fold because the original movie was like you said when we started this was very fresh idea 
And then each movie kind of got a little less fresh. This one kind of said, we're going to take fresh and double time it because, like I said, this is a movie within a movie. And I think they pulled this off great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree. Um, like I said, except for Freddy's Demise. Yeah, except Freddy's Demise. And that's why it doesn't get a five. Mm-hmm. Um, so up next is Freddy versus Jason. Um, this was the first one out of all of them that I got to go to the theaters to see because I was too young to go see the others. Um, this one came out in 03. So I was, what was I, 16, 15, something like that. I don't remember. I, but, was, um, I was probably still 275, but. Yeah, yeah, probably. I thought you were talking about your weight there for a second. <laughs> probably that, <laughs> probably that too. Yeah. Um, Oh, what what can you even say about Freddy versus Jason? Some of it is kind of outdated now. Um, some of the special effects is a little outdated. So well, let's the- be let's be serious though. First, Freddy versus Jason is a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's not a Friday the Thirteenth movie. I think more so than a Friday. Yeah, like it's got elements to be a Friday the Thirteenth movie, but overall, it's structured as a as a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you really think about it. Freddy versus Jason is just one wrestling angle. I, yeah. you know, it's it's just one big wrestling angle. Like it starts off as a feud, it's you know, and then it builds up, builds up, and then they finally fight towards the end of the movie. It's a wrestling angle. And I respect it for that. Um, like I said, it's got some silly ass shit in it. I don't really like Monica Kina, I think her name is. Yeah. I don't really like her. I I don't. I, her acting skills kind of suck. She's a little cute in this movie, but I don't know. Um, I think I, the male. I can't remember the male lead, uh, but I, I I really liked him a lot. Who? Uh, the male lead. I can't remember his name. Oh, Jason Ritter. Yes, right? Jason uh, Ritter. I thought he was very strong in this. He was the son of. Uh, help me out, Mike. Help me uh, out. Uh, John the son R- of. Jack Ritter. No. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say Jack Tripper, but Jack Tripper. Yeah. yeah so... do, 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 do. I hope okay. I'm saying his ni- name right, but it's it. I it, Jason Ritter. It, he's the, the the guy in Jason Ritter, the son of John Ritter. Yes. Yes. Sir. All right. Thank you. Get out of here. Um. So yeah, Jason Ritter. He played an all right part. Um. I like the sub story of this movie. I will say that the, the sub story of dream warrior sucked. The sub story of this one is pretty decent. I think it's not super original or super amazing, but it's good enough for a goddamn Freddy versus Jason movie. I think um, I like the idea that the parents and the police department is trying to do whatever they can to suppress the concept of Freddy and the memory of Freddy. That makes sense. That yeah. makes fucking sense. And even though they were all portrayed to be like the antagonists of the movie, like it, it, it makes sense. Like I understood it even back then. And now more so than ever, when I watch the movie as an adult, I more so understand, you know, yeah, yep. um, good for them. They should have. Um, and then like, you know, the chief said to that, uh, Scooby-Doo fucking cop, you know, we don't say his name out loud. We don't, <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Like, of course. He um, who shall not be named. Yeah, I want to comment on real quick in that one dream sequence where what's Monica Kina's character's name in this? Lori. It's Lori. Lori. Yeah. Um, 
the part where Lori goes into the dream and they're in the Camp Crystal Lake scene and she tries to save Jason from getting drowned and then everything goes red and, and Freddy pops out, then the makeup that he had on that quick sequence, uh, that was fucking, I loved that. That, that's, that was some of the most menacing that he looked since part two. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, Robert England was just on fire in this movie. Like, you know, yeah. I was talking earlier about how he was kind of shit. Uh, he, he just kind of, he got him mailed it in, I think, for his performance in Freddy's Dead. But, um, well, know. he had, he had to carry the movie because they got freaking Ken Kreisinger to play fucking Jason. And, what'd, you uh, what'd you call him? Ken Kreis, Kreisinger. I, I can't, <laughs> pronounce, I can't pronounce his name. It wasn't right. Kane Hodder though. Mike, if you always get on my case about fucking up words. Get it's in Ken here. Kersinger. Ken Kersinger. Whatever, whatever Ken the fuck is. Yeah, Kersinger, your ass. No, I, mean, I don't but, think the audience heard you, Mike. Come in again and say that, goddammit. Kersinger. Ken Kersinger. Yeah. Kersinger, who also played Jason in front of the 13th Part 8. He was in the diner. Well, he played the fucking cook, too, though. Yeah, yeah he was Mike, the you're fucking He was wrong. also Jason. And yes. He was also well, no, a stuntman. He in, was Jason when they hit yeah. him with the car, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but he got he was he was the cook that got thrown into the mirror in the the yeah. diner real quick and party. But okay. I don't know why they didn't even get Kane Hodder though. Well, here's my theory on that because for one, R Ronnie Yu uh, directed this movie. He directed uh, uh, Bride of Chucky in 1998. I do like Ronnie Yu's style. He uh, he puts some good music in his movies, I think, and his gore effects that he wants in his movies are fucking good. I like it. And that's one of the things I like about Freddy vs. Jason. The blood spews everywhere. I, I love it. But um, I think one of the biggest things, and I don't know was if it was the studio, if it was Ronnie Yu. In my opinion, I bet you it was Ronnie Yu that said that had the final say-so on this. Um, they wanted Jason to tower over Freddy. And if I remember correctly... Kane Hodder wasn't all that taller than Freddy. So if you really think about it, for all the artwork, the promotional stuff that they did, and for the movie scenes itself, how good would it have looked if Jason was barely taller than Freddy? I I, I do understand that. Like you gotta have a towering, big, tall Jason to, you know, and, and I I agree with, with it, but it it did suck because like I also know what Kane Hodder went through um with his depression and shit like that. Uh, you know, with that, um, there was a there's a documentary. What's it What's it called? My his name was Kane, or my uh, uh, to hell and back. Was it called Mike? What's the documentary called? The Kane Hodder's in. You know what I'm talking Rob about. To hell and back. The Kane Hodder story. Rob, you are correct. Thank ding, you. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, Cody. so fucking dick. Why don't you? Because he got something right, and, and I don't get any. Fuck you, Mike. Oh. <laughs> Okay, thank you for that. That that wasn't a waste of time. Anyway, um, yeah. So Ken takes over. I thought it was okay. Like I thought he did a good Jason. I thought I, I the way they had Jason looking in the movie. I thought it was decent. It was. It's not my favorite Jason. Uh, but here's here's my my bad part part of this. When did Jason become afraid of fucking water now? That that scene when he he scares them with the water, 
and J. Oh, I found your weakness. It's like, did did one of you not watch this fuck uh, fucking series? In part seven, he jumps in the water. Okay. In part four, he he's he kills the girl on the the the, the raft in the water. So, so he, where does he where is he afraid of water? Go ahead, Mike. He's afraid of water because he drowned originally, and that's the reason he's afraid of. Thank you. That's yeah, he, but there was there was eight other friggin' movies in between all that. But here's the thing: in the other movies, he's awake and he's in control of the situation, and he's stalking. We're talking about his nightmares. We're talking. Yeah. We're talking about it's it's different. So now, if they would have pulled him out, okay. Here's another point. Later on in the movie, he again he was in the water uh, when he stabbed Freddy with his own hand glove. He wasn't scared then. He he did what he had to do. So it was really just in the nightmare. He was afraid of water. It. I know. You, I agree with you. It's a stretch. It really, really is a stretch. But it made sense in the moment. I thought. Yeah. Um, and, and the what, one that plays Jason's mother is terrible. Uh, I mean. It's not uh, what the fuck's her name? Pamela? Betsy Palmer. Betsy Palmer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. Well, obviously Betsy Palmer was dead at the point, uh, but th they could have got somebody. They could have got fucking uh, Betty White. Palmer. Betty Betty White to Betsy, do the, the Betsy fucking Betsy Palmer part. didn't play her in the original Freddy versus Jason. I forget. No, who. no. Oh. We we're talking. Uh, we're talking about who played her in the original was Betsy Wait. Palmer. Oh, Rob? if you're gonna say Betsy Palmer is a, is horrible in the original, th no, them yeah. fighting words. You're not. Mr. You're Rob. not. You're, you're not even listening to the show. So, but you know what he oh, said, I... You know what he said that you might have missed. He said that he claimed what? that Betsy Palmer was dead by the time they filmed uh, Freddy vs. Jason. She wasn't dead at that point. She didn't die till 2015. No, but she she was sick for a long time though. But I remember hearing oh, she had they... Alzheimer's and shit then. Yes, but. Or yeah, was, yeah, I think it was all. So she was, she was clinically dead at that point, though. When you have Alzheimer's, you're not going to remember who you well, played in 1980. Yeah, let, let's 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 just say she was brain. She was probably brain dead by that point. Yes, I will give that to you. She was brain dead, brain dead Betsy. Let's just. Call but they her could. With, what I'm saying, they could have researched better and got somebody like Betty White could have played that role better than that lady in uh, Freddy vs. Jason. How cool would that have been if Betty White would have done that part real quick? Yes. And, and, I, would have, I would have loved to have Betty White part of the uh, Nightmare or Friday uh, um, timeline. And not to mention how fucking t disgusting it was later on in, the, in Jason's first dream sequence where he sees the mother again and, you know, she's putting her down for what he didn't do right. And then she goes running down those steps and her floppy titties just go to boom, 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 So fucking gross. Yeah. Gross. Betty White wouldn't allow that to happen. That's for goddamn sure. Exactly. But I didn't hate, I didn't, honestly, I didn't hate this movie. I just thought that there was, I, I you'll, you'll find out when I get my rating. Okay. Um, you know what's funny? My, uh, my biggest flaw, in my opinion, with this movie is the acting. If you go back and look at some of the dialogue scenes, some of the actors are stumbling on their own dialogue, and some of their the next sentences that they're supposed to say, it stumbles into the first sentence that they're saying. Just go back to the van scene when Will and whoever that other guy's name is, listen to them talking to each other in that van about how they need to get out of town and how, you know, they scared the entire town with the Freddie talking to school. 
listen real close to how they're talking to each other. They're stumbling on their own lines. This, I think this movie doesn't have great acting in it, to be completely honest. And also, I don't like that they had a Jason Mewes lookalike and, and impersonator in this movie. I thought yeah. I could have done completely without that shit, you know? I mean, if they were going to go to that length, give us the Silent Bob character as well. And then it could have been a, just a complete joke, you know, for people to point yeah. out. If you were going to do that, just give us the other character too. That was the impression. Now, now I will say I love the cornfield sequence uh, <laughs> with, the, with the, the fiery Jason coming out. I, I thought that was a cool effect. I like that too, but let's not pass up first. God, is her name Catherine Isabel? I just called yes. her. Yes. Um, I loved her so much. She, I, she was gorgeous in this movie. And she was a cute and ginger snaps. What? Body double, he said. She wasn't naked in the shower. That was a body double. That was a body double. I wasn't even talking about the nudie scene. I was just talking about in general. She's hot in this fucking movie. Like, what? Yeah, Shut she up. Has All this... that matters is the showers. She, she, she has this tomboy look, though, uh, that I like. I like that. Yeah, she was really good looking in this movie. Um, I don't know how old she was in Ginger Snap, so I'm not going to comment on how hot she might have been. But I'll say she was cute in that movie. That's that's appropriate, right? Well, anyway. what about the uh, what about the dead brother in the 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 tub? That was uh, Zach Ward from oh. Christmas Christmas Story. That was a little boy for that was a little boy in Christmas Story. Christmas Story. The one about the boy who wants to get the gun. He wants to get the Yeah, that one. Mike, when you cut in, Mike, when you cut in, give yourself an extra second before you say anything, because we're not hearing what you're saying half the yeah, time. Yeah, you're like, yeah, that's all yeah. I heard. And you're like, da, 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 da. And, and you cut out, you know, like what the fuck? You cut Don't in. Shoot your eye out, kid. Okay, we heard you that time. Yeah. You cut in and out faster than a Friday the 13th death scene. Uh, from one of the originals, not from one of the later ones. Anyway. Friday the 13th, you're a fucking retard, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Mike. You're a piece of shit. Anyway. Um, eat me. Did you say eat me? Yeah. Okay. Not to you. Not to you. Oh, you told him to eat you. Okay. Yeah. Mike, eat him like he's a piece of baloney. <laughs> Inside joke there. But anyway, um... Okay, another waste. That, of- that's a that's a scary eating baloney scene. Yeah, that's, that was <laughs> gross. That was downright gross, actually. But anyway, um, so what else is there to say about Freddy vs. Jason? I like the fight scenes, even though. All right, who do you think won? This is this is always a heavy heavily debated one. I mean. Physically speaking, Jason won because Freddy was just ahead. It, it was not explained how he could get a body back, you know, with just his head or whatever. But Freddy he, didn't die, you know, because he yeah he up. opens his eyes, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I remember when I got home from the theaters, my my parents asked me, "So who won?" And I instinctively said, "Jason did," because he did. He Freddy died, sort of, and you know he got his head cut off. Jason helped assist um, Monica Kina to kill him, and Jason won. 
you know, Jason had all of his limbs together. Freddie didn't by the end of it. What sucks is we never got a sequel because if you're going to end a movie like that, you have to have a sequel. You know what? Growing up, I never thought to myself really like we needed a sequel. It would have been cool to have a sequel, but what are we? Yeah, but if you're if you're going to end it like that, they should if they wanted to end it right, they should have just had Jason Wynn take the head out and want and walk away gloriously. But they yeah. had to let Freddy open his eyes, and that left the door open. Hello, Lo- Lonesome Lenny. I don't know if you're a brand new uh, a brand new viewer, but thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Stick around for the rest of our conversation tonight. Why don't thank, you? Thank you, Lenny. Yeah. Um, we're currently talking about Freddy versus Jason Lenny. If you have any comments real quick on that and you want to put it in the chat, go ahead and we will respond to that. Um, so even when I was a teenager watching Freddy versus Jason, I, it felt like a wrestling match and that's what I loved about it. I was always a big wrestling fan, uh, growing up and it was a bloody violent wrestling match. Basically. Mm-hmm. And I liked the humor in this movie. Freddie had some funny one liners in this film. Did he not? He did, and uh, I thought the the fight scenes early when Jason was still in the dream, it was it was definitely a one side of the match because you you had Freddie throwing him, and you could hear that pinball effect every time Jason hit something. But when when Freddie finally came out of the dream, it, that's when shit got real. And yes, it it became like a main event of a Monday Night Raw. Yeah. That pinball effect, that's probably the only thing I didn't like about it. I like that. That was just too much. Yeah, us too. We we both love Jason and, and Freddie. Um, Lenny, was it? Uh, who's your favorite? That's what I'd like to know. If you had to choose just one, who do you choose uh, for your own personal reasons, Jason or Freddie? No, I'm not asking who do you think would win in a round two of the match. I mean, who's your favorite uh, horror icon out of those two? Um. And I mean, we're talking about it's all about Nightmare on Elm Street on our show tonight. Um, I think real quick here, Rob, out of all of them, uh, if we're talking about just the 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 horror icon themselves, not the quality of the movies, not the popularity or or our sentimental, you know, nostalgic goggles opinions of all the franchises, but just the character who who is the best Pinhead, Freddy, Jason, Chucky, like who who do you like the most and tell me why? One you didn't one you didn't mention. Leatherface. Oh yeah. I did. Uh, a it was based on a true sto- uh story, even though the original story didn't have anything to do with a chainsaw, but uh I just uh, I liked the the human aspect of uh, how real it looked, especially the original movie where you know you see this innocent looking house. Uh, from the outside, it looks like uh, like a, a five star family lived there. And when you go inside, and that, especially that scene when when Terry McMahon falls to the ground and she's surrounded by all the chainsaw seats and the the bones and the the chickens, that scene frightened me beyond belief when I first saw that movie. Yeah, definitely. and I think that that's the that's the movie that really got me. To start watching more horror, right? Definitely. So, um, well, he, I think he answered. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm with Lenny on this that because of the dialogue and the communication, the fact that just Freddie just talks like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my favorite aspect of Freddie. Um, and, and you know, and I'm not going to turn this into a different franchise talk conversation, but a pinhead, 
from Hellraiser. I he I love the more subtle um, dialogue from Pinhead uh, in most of the movies, maybe one through four. The uh, the rest yeah. of them kind of but um, I really oh and Inferno is my favorite Hellraiser film. Uh, me and Mike was just talking about that a few weeks ago. I really like Pinhead's Inferno dialogue at the end of Inferno. Have you do you have you ever watched Inferno? I have not. It's a very believe it or not. It's a very important film because it was directed by Scott Derrickson, I believe his name is, and he went on to direct Sinister and other movies like The <laughs> Rose, I think. Mike, you can come in and correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but I think it was The Exorcism of Emily Rose Emily and Rose. Sinister. Um, yeah. I believe Hellraiser Inferno was his directorial debut, I think. Um, so Inferno and Inferno is a great movie. Like, it's a standalone film. I. You are correct. It was the directorial debut. Thank you. Blow me a kiss real quick. Blow, no, come back. Blow me a kiss. Motherfucker. Right, thank you. Thank you. That's- <laughs> <laughs> he had to get that in before he left. Um, but yeah, we'll shift it back to Freddie in just a second here. But man, go anybody who's watching this, real quick recommendation, go watch Hellraiser Inferno. But watch it with the expectation that it's a standalone film that has nothing to do with the others. Cause if you watch it like that, you might enjoy it. It's a very, very well structured film with great acting, good cast and good creepy stuff going on and a, and a powerful ending in my opinion. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say about Well, that. I can, I could watch standalone movies, even if I'm uh, invested in the other ones, like uh, example, Halloween three, I watched right away and, it didn't bother me that there was no Michael Myers. So yeah, and I think we covered that in our Halloween special. Which, by the way, Lenny, yeah. if you're still with us, uh, check out our other episodes that we have. We did a Halloween bonanza, whatever the fuck uh, special, and it was a nice and two hours, two and a half, three hours long. We talked a little too long on that episode. It was all about the Halloween franchise. And I think- hey, bite bite your tongue on the bad horror movies like Killer Clowns. Bite your tongue. I have a hell. Uh, I have a Killer Clown shirt. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Um, anyway, so let's shift it back to Freddie. Uh, the fuck were we talking about before we got into conversation? Uh, just, just about the ending of, uh, seven about, uh, Freddie versus dead, Freddie versus Jason though. The yeah. Ending. Um, I think we're about to get, uh, get on with our ratings. And I remember also at the end of, uh, Freddie, hang on. In horror movies, even bad horror movies like killer clowns from, and I, I agree with that. As long as it's done in a tongue in cheek, kind of way lenny um it's it's great uh you, you know i it's i like movies who that are so bad that they're good um if you wasn't with us about a half an hour ago we were currently at that time talking about freddy's dead and my opinion was that freddy's dead is so, so bad that it's actually good and i actually gave yeah. that movie a rating of, did i say four out of five on that one did you say yeah you said four uh, Lenny, um, while we're continuing on with our retrospective, if you want to give us your quick opinions about Freddy's Dead, that's uh, The Final Nightmare yeah. Part 6, I believe. Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about that one. Um, so anyway, the end of Freddy vs. Jason, I don't know if you saw uh, on the DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, they did have an alternate ending to Freddy vs. Jason, and it was bad. Like, I'm actually glad that they went with the ending that they did because the alternate ending just showed um, Lori and whatever the, her boyfriend's fucking name was. They were just uh, laying. Yeah, see, Lenny agrees. He has good taste in horror movies. Um, they were just laying in bed at the end of that fucking movie, uh, you know, in the alternate ending, Freddy versus Jason. And then 
uh, Will, uh, he grows Freddy knives out of his hands and slices her. And then it, they, and they slices like at the camera and that's how it ends. And I, Ooh. I'm so fucking glad they didn't use that as the actual theatrical ending because that was a cop out bullshit, nutless ending right there. Yeah. Um, but yes, I agree. Like that ending to Freddy vs. Jason, it got people talking, and then everyone's all like, "Well, Freddy won, no, Jason won," and you know, who knows? It's all about your perspective of how that ending was. And I think that's what's brilliant about the ending of Freddy vs. Jason. It's all it was left up up to your perspective of how it ended. You know, so I can honestly well, say, I what was to- the what was the character's? Uh, oh, Kia was it? Kia. She Black- has. Yeah, she has the worst. Uh, oh, you, you're the uh, the Christmas sweater line. How was sweet, a, dark meat. Yeah, yeah, I knew you wanted to say that. And you know, Rob, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, like I said earlier, I watched all these movies with my nurse. Uh, my nurse is young; she's only 23 years old, so she's pretty much Gen Z. Um, and when that part came up, and for anyone that might get butthurt about this, I'm only going to say the word because I'm talking about the scene. And if you know me, then you know I don't censor my words. Anyway, um, one of her insults towards Freddie was she said, what kind of a faggot wears a Christmas sweater year round or something like that? Yeah. And that was funny. That was funny back then. And I would argue it's still a funny line now. Um, and when in the movie theater back in 2003, it got a laugh out of everyone. Because back then nobody cared about words. No, like, no, nothing was canceled back in those days. Right. Um. But anyway, I, so I was again. I was watching this movie with my twenty-three-year-old nurse, and when Kia said that line, it got a reaction out of my nurse. She didn't laugh. She was just like, "Oh, why did they didn't have to say that?" She's a black girl, so I'm going to try to do a black girl impersonation. She didn't have to say all that. No, I don't think I can do a black girl impression, but I tried. But um. So, yeah, like maybe that's a little outdated. I'm glad that, you know, for the digital versions of this movie and all that, I'm, I'm so glad they didn't censor that line because it's a funny line in a movie. Um, so, yeah. But um, some of the death scenes in the movie are a little weird. Uh, you know, um, some of them are a little bit of a cop. But like um, that nerd, what is this? At least these movies were predated before digital effects as that would have diminished the feeling of the movie. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I definitely agree with that. I don't have much to add on to that, but I agree with you, buddy. Um, yeah, Lenny, uh, make, uh, you have some great comments. Uh, feel free to just subscribe to the uh, Rabbit and Red Radio. We have a lot of great shows, but ours is the flagship. So, Yes. Um, Producer Mike will have you believe that Rabbit and Red Radio, the show, is the flagship show. It's gone downhill. Much like so many shows that's been on for too long, that the Rabbit and Red show has gone downhill there's two flagship shows on this network, Lenny. Uh, Crossing the Streams with Rob and Cody. That's myself and this beautiful man. Um, that's one of the first flagship show. And the close second flagship show is a show called Tales from the Crips. I'm crippled, if you didn't know that. And our producer, Mike, he's also crippled. So we talk about crippled uh, people life stuff on that show. And the third one is Father Mahoney's House of Horrors, by the way. Okay, we'll go ahead and say uh, how Father Mahoney's House of Horrors maybe a close second, and then Tales from the Crypts is maybe 2.5, since we can give halves ratings on this show, right? 2.5 is, is Tales from the Crypts. Anyway, let's yeah. get back to the topic. Are we, is that a segue into our ratings? Yeah, maybe. No, no, I'm not going to give Frey vs. Jason a 2.5. I give Frey vs. Jason, um, 
uh, I'm gonna have to go ahead and say a 4.5 because I, I again, I just watched it again just the other day, and I really like it. I don't like it as a horror movie. I like it as an action brawler movie that's kind of like a wrestling angle, like I said. So 4.5 from me out of the uh, out of Freddy versus Jason. Well, I'm in the opposite direction, but I'm not low. Uh, I'm gonna give it a 3.0. So 3.0. <laughs> yeah, 3.01. Well, just to piss off uh, producer Mike. 3.01. Thank you, Lenny. I appreciate that. Buddy, go check out some Tales from the Crypts episodes. You might like some of them. Um, be forewarned. They're not PC. They're not censored. I say a lot of things in those episodes that will probably get me canceled, but hey, you can let us know how you feel about that. Anyway, um, so now we are going to move on to the final entry in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. We're going to move should, on. Should we bring in Mr. Producer now? I think we should ask our producer to come in for this final topic. Mike, pull your pants up, get off the gay porn, and come on in. You're the next. Mike, Mike's, doing, Mike's doing this right now. Is he jerking it right now? He's, he's jerking the. He's jerking the jerking. Yeah. Well, he's taking forever to come on. Oh, oh here yeah. Oh yeah. This laptop is very convenient, and it's like roasting my fucking nuts because it's hot. You like that? You like that? It it feels good. It feels like I got a fucking seat warmer on my nuts. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah>. Mike, <clears throat> Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010. It's not a bad movie. Tell, yes, basically, Lenny tells. It's called Tales from the Crips, as in C R I P S, and that's short for crippled. Um, so yes, just type in Tales from the Crypts on our website or our YouTube channel. You should be able to find it. Rabbinredradio.com, my friend. Anyway, yeah. um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Five-star movie. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right off the bat. Five-star motherfucker. It is movie. fucking not. And if you no, say that, you are no, fucking kidding yourself. I'm, no, I'm kidding you. Fucker. I'm kidding you. It's definitely not a five-star movie. But Mike, Thank you and I, God. me and you dis- disagree heavily on this movie. And let's start off with that. Tell us what your thoughts are on this movie. Try to remain calm. I don't want you to blow a snot bubble like you did at the 12-minute mark. At the I, I don't want to. Okay. You don't want to talk about it? No, if I, if I don't want to do that because if I saw that again, I'd probably get sick and vomit. Oh, dude, that fucking... Uh, Lenny, if you're still with us. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I hope you enjoy those episodes. But Lenny, while you're enjoying the amazing Tales from the Crypt show, I would also like you to I'd like to invite you to go check out the Crossing the Streams Ghostbusters special. What was the fucking called? Ghostbusters Afterlife Debate. Yeah, I wasn't a part of that show. I was recovering from COVID, and um, yes. producer Mike here decided to call himself COVID Cody, hence why I'm calling myself the real COVID Cody. And uh, they and had I a little. Can't put my hood up this time because I have the fucking headset on now. So yeah, I can't and uh, the hood up anymore. And God Lenny, I'll it. just go ahead and spoil it for you. Uh, the 12 minute mark, Mike here gets so hyped up on his hatred for that movie that a big old snot bubble just comes right out of his nose, and it's. Don't be eating, my friend, while you're watching that part. It's a horrible it. fucking film. It, it, <laughs> anyway, Mike, what's more? He said he, said he would rather, he said he would rather watch Resurrection. He said he would rather watch Resurrection for 24 hours straight, seven days a week, yep. than watch Afterlife right. one more time. Okay, Mike. God Mike, damn right. Mike, Halloween Resurrection, Ghostbusters Afterlife, 
Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Tell me, how, how do you rate all of them? Like, what 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 place would you put all of them in? All right. So, I will. Ooh, God, this is so tough. Um, because I really don't like any of them. Um, let's see. Um, Ghostbuster. Uh, no. Um, the remake. Uh. Freddy 2010 would have to be the the most hated. Wow. And really? then really have um yeah, Freddy 2010 would have to be the most hated. I called Freddy. And then after that um you'd probably have Ghostbusters Afterlife after that. Oh my and god. And then Halloween wow, Resurrection, you Resurrection is, over both of those. Resurrection is probably the best out of the 3. Now I, know I now I know you're Now I know you're smoking crack. I know you're. I, I don't I, know what crack tastes like or smells like or smokes like. I don't know. You know, you know your mama's butt crack smells like because you take care of her. Every I night. certainly do because I've had to smell it all fucking day today. It's disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Mike, I know you don't fucking rate, uh, as you call it, Freddy 2010 at the very top I, of your. I certain no. It's fucking. It's horrible. It's the worst. Of the of those three, it's horrible. I can't stand it, and I've tried to watch it a few times, and every time I watch it, it's just fucking. Not. I can't okay. make it through. It is incredibly boring. Fucking Jackie Earl Haley makes me want to fucking, fucking get a gun and just blow my brains out to fucking end okay. the pain okay. that I'm experiencing right. from watching the film. Okay, let's talk about some high points of this movie because this movie has definitely a lot of high points. <laughs> High points. What the fuck are you saying? It's a fucking high points. What the fuck you? Let's talk about the high points. This movie got some high points. The fuck are you? What are you doing right now? Shut the fuck up. Fucking half little tardo over there. The fuck. Anyway, my mic's cut. <laughs> anyway, this movie's got quite a bit of high points. Let's go ahead and just get that out of the way. No, okay, wait a minute. Let's be honest about this. Let, the death scenes in this movie, are they not good? Are they not decent death scenes? Like, the first kid... Catch your breath. The, the first kid in the beginning of the movie gets his throat slit. And you, the way you hear it, like, come on, that was a good death scene. Jackie mm-hmm. Earl Haley, he looked good as a new Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Someday all those movies will be remastered, definitely. They need to be remastered better than uh, the Bare Bones Nightmare on Elm Street box set that we have, Lenny. Um, I, I think that's what you're talking about. So I agree with you. Um the death scenes are really good in Nightmare 2010. Jackie Earl Haley, he looks good as Freddy. Sounds good as Freddy. I will say his dialogue is stupid. I, are we going to agree on that, Mike? His dialogue's fucking stupid? Yeah, yeah, because he rips off again. How's this for a wet dream? Fuck does, you. Yeah. You fucking I, I, you fucking hack. That's all he is, is a fucking hack. I yeah. swear to God. And the people that wrote the fucking movie... What the fuck were you thinking? Jesus Christ. 
horrible. Mike, let's talk about some high points of this movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're gonna, you know you're just gonna get a laugh every time you say that. Rob, while Mike's catching his breath and gathering his composure, tell us about some high points of this movie. Honestly, I have not watched it since I went to the theater. God damn it. You Let know it. why? Because I, I this is where this is the one time I will agree with Mike. But don't get your hopes up, Mike. I'm not gonna agree with everything. I'm just gonna say that there wasn't really a lot of high points to this. I'm a big Jack Earl Haley uh, fan, and I did not like him as Freddy. Warshack. Now, so, then, that, the, now the death scene that you talked about in the beginning, I really did like that. I, hey, when I, note, when I, I was at the hold on, when I was at the theater, I was I was really impressed how they started the movie. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the movie kind of let me down. Okay. So, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it a complete zero. It's it's but, not a bad movie. But again, let's talk oh. about the high points oh. of this film. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back after you talk about the high points because I'm just laughing so hard. All right. On that note, let's talk about the low points of this movie. <laughs> well, how about how about you finish your thought on the high points? I already finished my thoughts. I, I okay. talked about the high points. No, I'm just okay. kidding. Um, no, in all seriousness, while we have Mike's stuttering, laughing ass not with us for a moment, um. I do like Jackie or Haley as, as Freddie. I, I thought he looked menacing. I thought he sound great. Uh, you know, with the computer generated sound that they gave him, obviously that's fine. They did it with Robert England as well in the original franchise. Um, he looked like an actual burn victim and that's what they were going for. They wanted him to look like an actual burn victim. And he, I thought he looked great as what they wanted him to look like. Honestly. Yeah. Um, his dialogue. I think they touched. I think they touched more on the fact that he was a child pedophile. Yes, uh, and they, they, also, they only they they only kind of like hinted at that in the original series, but they never actually came out. This one, they kind of was a little bit more forward with it. Well, if you know this, uh, if you knew, um, uh, Wes Craven's original idea is he they wanted he wanted to make him a child pedophile, but uh, yeah. they turned him just a child murderer. I like. The idea of making him a child pedophile because it makes him more disgusting and menacing and terrible. Yeah. Um, I also really like the idea, and I know Mike is not going to agree with this, but I like the fact that they played around with this concept that he might have been innocent. I think that they should have went that route with him being innocent. That I th- think about how cool that could have been. Get out of here. Get out of here. Thank you. God damn. Come back when you're calm. Jesus Christ. Um uh yeah, they should have they should have ran with that concept of him being innocent. I think that that could have made an interesting movie and separated it from the original franchise, honestly. Yeah. Um and it, like, well, I'm coming close to the end of my high points here. The death scenes and the way Freddie looked, and I think that's really about it. Um, but that we can go ahead and talk about the low points. Um, Mike, anyway, if you want to come back to talk about the low points, yeah, only if you caught your breath, though. Yeah, only if you caught your breath. You laughing motherfucker. Um, the every actor in this movie mailed it in. I mean, this the acting in this movie in a negative way puts to shame 
the the um the meld in performance of Freddy's Dead, and it puts to shame mm. a lot of, of of the other terrible horror movies throughout the like. This movie's acting was almost almost trauma level of terrible acting. And you could tell that they're all bored and not happy. You know what? I just remember this. The main actress who played Nancy, uh, she had said she almost quit acting from what I heard. She was so upset with the movie. Did you guys hear yeah, about well, that? Well, that's because she fucking came in there and you could tell she didn't want to fucking be there. She was just like fucking paper thin. No emotion. I was hoping that fucking she would have just been fucking dead. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. they should have the, killed her instead of Katie Cassidy, to be completely yeah, but honest the thing, with you, the, and made Fritz the fucking lead. To, 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 to capitalize on what you said about trauma, though, trauma knows they have bad acting, though. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's what, in a way, that's what they go for. Uh, this was supposed to be a professional movie remake, and they... Like you said, they they almost gave trauma like performances because it's almost like they just didn't care. Well, the girl who played Nancy, I will say she was a good looking girl. Like I would have busted the nut on her face. You know what I mean? I, I'm just gonna throw that oh, out. You, you would you would have teabag her. I would definitely teabag her, make her suck my balls, make her tongue my bung. You know, but I digress. Um. Oh yeah, she was god awful acting was. And here's another question: They changed. The names and the characters of all the fucking characters except for Nancy and her mom, right? And Freddie. Mm, yeah. Why? Yeah. Just give her a whole different character. And, and you know, you changed up all the others. Why did she have to be a Nancy? And, and you know, and then and that just made the, the, the fans draw even more comparisons to Heather Lionkamp's uh, Nancy, right? Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. Um, she could have just been called bitchy. What? She could have just been called bitchy. I thought you cut out on my end a little bit. I thought you said Paula bitchy. <laughs> oh. Paula bitchy. Paula bitchy. No, bitch. Just bitchy. Just bitchy. Yeah. yeah. Bitchy Beatrice, maybe. Um. I really also disliked how. <laughs> Wait, put that back on. He would really love to see all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies in IMAX, giant screen with Dolby 16.0. Yeah, yeah. That's Except for the remake. remake. It's not the remake, right? Yes. If Lenny no, had but to Dream, watch... Dream Warriors would have been great on IMAX. Yeah, if Lenny had to watch the remake in IMAX with 6.2 Dolby, he would be even more lonesome than he is now, right? If he had to watch the remake like that. Um, I... Also, really disliked the fact that they went for remaking some of the scenes from the original, but did it in a much more lazier and more uglier fashion than the original. Like, for an example, when Freddy came through the wall, which in the original knocked off the cross when I think it was on Nancy, when they did it on this, it was just pure digital garbage. Yeah. Right? Looked like yeah. shit. It did. And then, in the bathtub, they did. They remade the scene where he came up. His hand came up and and between her legs. Which hey, that's cool. She, I'd go between her legs too. And then that was it. I'm sure, you would. In the original, he pulls her down, and you can see like the underworld. And I, it, that had to have been a stunt double, right? Because did Heather Lyonkamp's titties? Uh, was that her actual titties in the original or not? I don't. Uh, yeah, it might have been. Because I, you could see her a little. Been. Bit. 
some fucking titties. But I don't think it was Heather Lyon. And you didn't that. see the fucking underworld in the original, you idiot. When she goes down, you just saw the fucking under the bathtub. That wasn't the fucking underworld. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I not get a little bit hyped about it? I'm going to call it the water underworld. You saw like a whole area underneath The water him. underworld. Shut the, the fuck up. The water underworld. Shut the fuck up. I hope your laptop breaks just like your fucking happiness every day. <laughs> Shots fired. Anyway, um, they just—they were so lazy with this film, so fucking lazy. And I—I uh, I made a point earlier that the one thing I did like was how it ended with how Nancy's mother got killed. And I still will say that I liked how Freddie came through the fucking mirror and stabbed her in the eyeballs yeah. and put her back in the mirror. That was a cop Come on, guys. That's way better than that fucking doll. That well, I, I I hated the ending of the original. Yeah, me uh, too. It, like I said earlier, it was like cartoonish, where the rest of the movie was really serious. That getting Nancy's mom pulled through the window—that was cartoonish. Yeah, definitely agree with that. God damn. Um, there ain't much else to say about this movie. The acting is atrocious. They all the actors look like they don't even want to be there, and that's a shame. They. They had some good ideas. And Mike, did you like at all that they played around with the idea that he was innocent in this movie? I just... I mean, I didn't really care about it because I didn't really care about Freddy. Mm. Like, Jackie Earl, whatever the fuck, just took my took me out of it. Like, he just should have never been Freddy. They should have just done something different. I, I think maybe you know, he, maybe he'll do the remake of Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah, he'd be better in that fuck. I'd rather see him in that as, you know, instead of this fucking atrocity. That's what the All right. Is this, is, this, is this rating time? Yes, let's wrap this up cuz I'm done, I'm done talking about the remake. We had our fun. Um I'm going to go ahead and say that this movie is a 2.5 for me. I don't hate it, but I don't really love it. I'm going to I'm going to give it a 1.5. Wow. Okay. Um I it honestly I when I first saw it, I I actually have seen it one other time. It was, you know, last year's when they were doing all the horror movies for October. I did uh rewatch a little bit of it. So I did catch a, a few things oh. I I liked and that's why I didn't on AMC, on AMC. That's, why I, that's why I didn't give it a zero. So 1.5 is where I'm standing right now with that. You watched it on AMC? Yeah. Wow. Mike, will you give it a, a zero point minus five? We'll go into the negatives if I could. You but can't. if I can't, then I'll just this give it a zero. This isn't uh, the Aaron Poe show. You're allowed to go negative on, on this one. I go as far negative as I can fucking go. I'll break that fucking bitch off. Negative one billion? Yep. Okay. Lenny says off topic, but I saw the Beatles Love and Dolby 6.2 in Las Vegas. Stunning sound. Awesome. Mike, put that comment up since uh, we, we acknowledged it. Just for our deaf viewers. Oh, awesome. For our deaf viewers. 
Yeah, for our deaf viewers that definitely will know nothing about Dolby 6.2. Okay. Hey, Le Lenny, if you're still with us, thank you for joining us. I believe you are on Twitch. No, you're on YouTube. Um, subscribe to us, please. Uh, we're trying to get as many people as we can to uh, recognize uh, uh, and discover our shows. Uh, if you could maybe share us on your social media accounts, we really would appreciate that. Subscribe, follow, whatever you want to do. Uh, we appreciate we appreciate it that you, uh, you want, came along with you, us. You want to bring in your friend? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. But hold on. We are not done yet. I have a special guest that is out there. He's super drunk. He might be passed out at this very moment. I don't know. But I'm going to hop my crippled ass off of this chair. You're going to get to see me in the background back there to uh, go out there and try to wake him up, see if he'll come in on the show. If he's passed out. God, that means Mike's going to come gotta back. See it. I got to see it. I got to see it. I got to see I you called do it. this. I called it. I got to see you do Mike's going to come back. Wait. I got to see you do this. Listen, if he's awake out there or if I can get him awake to come in and sit down and get on camera, wait until you guys see his fucking hair. His fucking hairdo. Wait until you see Is it, it worse than yours? No. It is fucking god awful. Wait until All you right, well, I'm going to I'll break out after you, you know, I'm going to leave after you do your little thing cuz I like to laugh at you and and comment. Okay. So No, you can okay. laugh on the show. I don't give a fuck. All right, be uh, right well, back. I'm going to. I'm going to stay in, and I'll do it. Okay, I'm going to go get him now. Enjoy <laughs> watching me. Through my Here he goes. He's going to go. Oh, Throw yourself off the fucking chair. Do it. 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 Let me get ready for this. First, you're going to see Mike freaking out. And then you're going to see uh, <laughs> Cody waddling. Damn, that's, that's some skill. Yeah, I'm, Carrie, we're still here. Huh? We're still here. Uh, Cody's getting a guest of his hey, to promote his TikTok is channel. Any, is there any rules on Twitch or YouTube about someone being shirtless? No. All right, you don't have to put on. You have to put on your fucking shirt. Just while your fucking pants are on. So you while we're waiting for uh, Cody to come back with his guest. Holy shit. Oh. It's amazing. Hey, I'm talking to my viewers right now. I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us. We're not done yet. I just want to thank everybody for the comments. Uh, you guys are so awesome. Promote us. Uh, we're going to have a special guest joining us in a second uh, to promote his TikTok channel. I go ahead and talk. They can hear you. What's up, man? How you guys doing? Hey, how's it going? What's up, buddy? How are you, man? Good. So I hear I hear you uh, have a TikTok channel. I'm about to start it. I'm not I'm not started it yet, but I'm about to start it. Like, okay. I mean, I don't know what exactly what the the fuck what I want to do with it, but it's gonna be rated R. 
No, no, it's going to be rated X. It's going to be uncensored. Show me your alcohol. Look at that. Well, let's nice. Show her. There it is. He's drinking. There it is. Hey, and this cheap bastard, I had to buy him that bottle today. So we're really going to fucking put that out there? Well, why not? It's not that. It was only four. You knew the exact fucking price of it, too, and you knew the exact time yeah. that the store was going to close. Well, I'm an alcoholic. Well, well like, like ACDC says, t have a drink on me. Fucking right, right? Yeah. So, bad boy B, TikTok coming at you soon. Rated R. Rated R, I guess. Uh, you could make it NC-17. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, true, true, true. I mean, I'm not asking you to whip your dick out on TikTok or anything. You'd get banned. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to be banned anyways. So. You should probably groom up that fucking gnarly beard of yours a little That's bit. That's off of my beard. Well. My, my, my beard is sexy. So what kind, of, what, what kind of content are you going to have for your channel? I'm going to do stupid shit. Like, like example, like example, what's like, uh, what's up this stupid? Okay, say something about going to a fucking store, right? Just like a fucking leprechaun and chase people for their fucking gold. <laughs> are you, are you going to scream, I'm the leprechaun? Yep, give me your fucking gold. Give me your gold, you bitch. <laughs> um, so, Brandon, uh, yes. tell, tell them a little bit about... Uh, how how gnarly your drinking habits are you wake up at 8 a.m well 8 30 today oh 8 30 today what time do you start drinking 8 30 8 30 you start drinking the moment you wake up yeah. you have do you have a bottle right by your bed oh no not it's usually downstairs whenever i'm okay because i was like damn you woke up at 8 30 and the, the bottle was just right there i mean sometimes it happens like that yeah you never know i mean now, for our viewers that might not have saw the episode that you were on uh, of Tales from the Cribs, tell tell the viewers a little bit about what you've done for work over the years. Start off with the haunted house attraction. Okay. Well, I, I used to, I worked at Ghoul Mansion for like a year, and I actually went to a fucking event. I was work. I was actually living in Gus Davis, and I went to a show in PA, Sharon PA, Ghoul Mansion, and I walked through the fucking half. I walked through half the place, and I got a job. Wow. What would they dress you up as? You know, I was a couple of different things. I was a clown. They actually started with me as Chucky, but it didn't work out too well. So a, a, a horror clown. Yeah, like horror a, clown. Like it. Yeah, like it. Just a smaller version. Yeah. I think that would be a lot more scarier. Wouldn't you be... Uh, Rob, wouldn't you be a lot more terrified if a, like a, a midget clown was running at you all of a sudden instead of like a Chucky... Instead of, instead of a giant sized clown, yeah, I think a bitch clown would scare me more. Oh, I didn't I did make a bitch piss herself on her car. What? <laughs> what? I didn't think about this. You, you made a bitch piss on her own car? Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> I chased her through the whole fucking house and then she pissed on her car. Right. That's then, then, then I'm that's like, gonna oh. be, that's going to be after another TikTok video that you're going to dress up like a midget clown and chase people. Yeah. Then, then I started them. Then I'm also. I started the. I worked for a major wrestling company too. Oh really? Yeah, I've been to forty six states, bro. You ever uh, you ever do like um like uh performances at like uh like big venues or? I mean, yeah, I've done a fucking couple of big venues. I'm, I've done ones in Mississippi, Miami. I've done a lot of strip clubs. That's awesome. Yeah, because I remember back in uh, the eighties. Uh, WWF, when it was known as W, still had 
Yeah, well, uh, active active midget, midget uh, division. But yeah, like the ha the Haiti kid and uh, what was well, the other one? Haiti kid, and then there was the other uh, the big boy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, but yeah. Vince McMahon's a cocksucker, and he likes to use this for gimmicks. Yes, well, I, I I know that, and but I, I used to go see him at the Boston the old Boston Garden, and okay. they actually they actually had a longer spotlight at the on the off TV shows. Yes, like yeah. the like the dark the dark matches. They actually gave them uh, yes. they actually gave them a good good amount of time to perform. But it, like, but but nowadays they use it for gimmicks. Yeah. yeah. Like okay, one of, actually one of my guys I used to work for was El Torito. Oh yeah. I've actually refereed his match. Oh wow. He worked for Micro Wrestling Federation, the club, the company I started with. Did you ever get to uh, perform with uh, Hornswoggle? No, fuck him. Uh, I no, I, I was like, I was gonna actually ask you that. I heard he's actually an uh, asshole behind the scenes. Yeah, he's a fucking hurt. He's a douchebag too. Yeah. I can't believe that. Like he, he looks like he's so nice on television. Yeah, but that's that's on television, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people can be fucking nice on television. Yeah. Look at Sasha Banks. Like, yeah, she's fucking whore. They say, did you know about that? <laughs> she's Rob? a bitch, dude. Sasha Banks is actually a bitch. Sasha, Sasha Banks can be a bitch all she wants, but as long as she's a bitch in my bed. Yes. I mean, whatever I can get between her legs, it'd be all good. But... Such original content here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, in our final closing moments, Brandon, you're doing a TikTok. It's not out just yet. Not yet. But as soon as it is, we are going to... I'll let uh, you all know. Yeah, we're going to let you guys all know. We're going to put the description and the link to his TikTok. And we're gonna promote it. And I'll be, I'll be, I'm going back on the road actually in March. Oh, nice! And, and I actually, I actually have my own TikToks. Uh, oh, do you? Uh, channel, yes. We might have to do a, we might have to do a thing together. Okay. Uh, Father Mahoney here. He actually has quite a bit of followers. He uh, helped get the Cross in the Streams Facebook page. Okay, a lot okay. of most of our followers. Oh, Rob, yeah. Rob, how many of those followers did you have to suck off to get to follow us? <laughs> About sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. You you could have just said sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon, go ahead and say goodbye to everyone. All right, y'all. You have a good night tonight. All right, man. Show me your alcohol. Show me your alcohol bottle. Hey, don't never say sober. <laughs> have a drink. Have a drink for me now. <laughs> All right. I mean, I have it. Look, yeah. All right. Thanks for joining. All right, John. <laughs> Thank you. A few minutes. All right, buddy. Look at the way that man walks. Look at that man walk. He's fucking waddling. It's a good walk. I bet He's waddling. He's waddling. He's straddling. Yeah. Hey, here I am. Here I am to save the day. Mike, producer Mike, get in here for one last second. Let's close the show. No, not you. Producer Mike. Get the fuck out. Your, your time's done. God damn it. <laughs> I bet your mic was laughing the whole time since you uh you left the room. Uh, Mike, did you enjoy Brandon's cameo? Mike? <laughs> I don't he, think Mike was listening. Brandon just asked what Mike, what is Mike humping? <laughs> but are you humping something, Mike? He's straddling I, his chair. I think producer Mike approved of your quick little cameo, Brandon. What'd you, what'd you think of Brandon's hair? What'd you guys think of Brandon's hair? 
Wild. I think that's why Mike's laughing. Brandon would like me to inform. Brandon would like me to inform everyone that he's about to shred his hair. So that's that's why it's up in a ponytail at the moment. Mike, you got anything anything to say about Brandon's hair? Considering you have none. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to end the show there. Rob, what do you want to plug real quick before we end the show? Uh, well, I got a show. Uh, no, I, no, I don't have a show booked yet. Um, but uh, keep watching all the other stations on Rabbit and Red, especially ours, since we are the flagship. Yep. Um, I will also just plug my Terra 81 promotion group. Uh, I promote anything there, anything. It doesn't have to be horror movies. It could be music. It could be yourself. It could be whatever it may be. So uh, Terror 81 promotion on Facebook. And, of course, plug my own show, Father Mahoney's House of Horror. I just had a, sh uh, a show two days ago with a, a great voice actor named Troy Elke. And uh, he he has about the most menacing voice on an innocent-looking look person's face. So. Uh, he can do any kind of voice, and he has this awesome squirrel for a pet. So awesome! Well, so th I'll thank you everyone for joining us. I'm gonna let Cody say a few things, and then we're gonna be on our merry way. Cody, you have anything else to say? <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I would just like to note that at the beginning of tonight's episode, I strongly uh, said that we would not be going as long as we did on our Halloween episode, but here we are two and a half hours in, and we went as long as we did the last time, so oh fucking well. Um, I would just say also, uh, yeah, check out our YouTube channel, and please share it. Share it, follow it, tell your friends about it. We're trying to get more people involved in our conversations and our network. Um, and hey, if you have any experience in talking on a podcast, maybe we'll let you come on as a guest or maybe even come on as a host. Live your life. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and one more thing, and this is a plug from Mr. Producer Mike. We are in search of a female Rabbit and Red show. It doesn't have to be a bunch of girls, just like two girls, maybe three, to do a, a, a female perspective on horror movies and news. And so if... Uh, if anybody who watches this and you're a woman who wants to give podcasting a try, uh, hit Mike uh, on Facebook, Mike Sankovich. Uh, so hit him up and uh, uh, hopefully you'll be part of our network. Yeah. And please be an attractive female. No one wants to look at an ugly bitch on a podcast. Just being oh, honest. No. <laughs> anyway. Thank you all for joining us. Subscribe, follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you uh, do your social media, at, and we will see you. He said, he, he said, fuck no. What? He said, fuck no, he said. Fuck no, that's great shit. I love it. Oh hey, my Mike, God. Mike, before we, Mike, before we end the show, just pop up the M&Ms one more time. Thank you. What did you ask him to do? Pop up the M&Ms. Oh, pop up the Eminem thing one more time. There it is. They they melt in my mouth and not in my pants. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, so so thank you, thank you once again for everybody joining us. <laughs> I, I he, it's one of those popping things again. He I don't know what he said. So I know what he said, and I'm not going to repeat what he said because he's trying to start trouble and drama amongst people. Um, 
All right, that is it for our episode. Thank you for joining us. Like I said, subscribe, follow, uh, and and talk about us. Tell us your friends about this. Twitch, Twitter, yeah. YouTube, anywhere else that I can't remember. Thank you for joining us. We will see you on the next episode of Crossing the Streams with Robin Cody. Live your life. Much love.
Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC.